everyone. Welcome to Frame Trap. I'm going to be moderating you through this. I am Benjamin Moore. Sitting next to me is Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. Next to him is Bradley Ellis. Hi. We, uh, I owe a big thank you to Bradley Ellis because we had some like weird last minute rescheduling things happen. And so Brad came here and then he had to wait. But it's all over now. We're here. We're shooting Frame Trap. Oh, it wasn't that long. Games. Wasn't that long? Huh, that's fine. I said, when I came in, you were having like a nice chat with Brandon. Yeah, we were just talking. Nice. That, talking those are always shop. good. Yeah. yeah it's always I, fun. I appreciate that because this is Brandon's home. This is mm-hmm. where he lives. I think uh, maybe an easy thing for our audience to forget that like sometimes it's nice just before a shoot or after a shoot, especially if you're waiting on somebody, uh, just having a nice chat with Brandon. Yeah. Just talking about Good whatever. times. We're talking about Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My last several Brandon conversations yeah. have been about Dragon Quest. He's gotten... Uh, really into it. I think he. I don't know if he has everybody up to ninety nine, but I think he, he said he's, he has multiple characters. Not everybody yet. Okay. All right. Uh, speaking of Dragon Quest, I really want to get started with you, Bradley Ellis. And I yeah. want to talk about Dragon Quest Eleven uh, because on Frame Trap, it's pretty much just been my perspective on Dragon Quest. But you have finished the whole thing. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, and it is. It was one of your biggest games that you were into. It was the game I was most excited for the whole year. Yeah. Like yeah, out yeah. of everything, yeah. Been waiting for this for a while. Did it live up to your expectations? Yes. Nice. It sure did. Nice. Nice. Especially because I haven't gone through a Dragon Quest game all the way since 8. Yeah. So it's been a long... When did that come out? Here, 2005? Yeah, on PS2. It's been a while. Long time, yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah, it lived up to the hype, man. I don't know if either one of you go through this experience where like, you'll play something for a review... And like you'll you'll feel a certain way about it, whether you like it or dislike it, or feel in the middle about it. And then you're just kind of waiting for the other allies. You're like, oh man, I wonder oh, what they're yeah. gonna think. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so it's nice to hear that that it sounds like you enjoyed it as much as mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I think so. I'd I'd probably give it the same exact score you gave it. Yeah. Cool. Well, in comparison to your your memories of eight, what is it about eleven that really stands out to you? Uh, I would say the characters. I okay. was so attached to a lot of the characters in 8, like Angela and Jessica, and mm-hmm. I saw these characters in 9, and I was like, oh, that's a lot, or 11, sorry, that's, that's a lot good. of characters. I hope they can find a way to kind of tie everything in where characters don't feel like worthless or something like that. I always worry about that in RPGs where a character feels less important. Yeah. I think 11 does a really great job of tying them all in, especially because I don't I don't know what the tr- characters were really like in 9, because they were like, it was multiplayer, wasn't it, mostly? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely... Um, yeah, it was designed to work as a multiplayer or single-player game, mm-hmm. and the consequence of that was mm-hmm. that side characters were really just filler in a way. Like, mm-hmm. they, like they filled out your party member where real people could have been, and so they didn't have any kind Oh, of so it's kind of like... I know it wasn't real players, but like pawns from uh, Dragon's Dogma, just like you would get a random character from someone. I mean, they're more like a regular Dragon Quest character. Okay. They just don't have any like anything unique about gotcha. them. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, also, I was really uh, pleased with how the world turned out in the game. Mm-hmm. Like being able to explore a big world that, from going from PS2, from what I remember, which felt like eight field felt really vast to me when I played it. Yeah. And from going from eight to eleven, just carrying that over and just seeing how the world looks and my favorite thing actually when i was going through is how all the monsters look mm-hmm. now transferring yeah. to the new things like their anime like so many cool animations just yeah. calling those guys ah yeah the animations for me uh like the, everything looks really good uh it's just very vibrant and colorful and fun but yeah brad i think you're completely right uh just the way the monsters animate the the 
I feel like I've said this one before, but it's the one that always immediately jumps to mind. Just like the cruel cumber death animation where you knock him over and, and the spear flies up and yeah. comes down. Yeah, I love it. So yeah. good. Um, but about that world, right, where you said 8 mm-hmm. felt really vast to you at the time. Was, mm-hmm. it, was it the size of the world in 11 that really stuck out to you? Was it Was it what was in it? Was it how you explored? I think when, when they made... Because the game is divided into zones, kind of like when you think of like Final Fantasy fourteen, how every area is kind of like a zone. Yeah. 11's very much like that. But they somehow make it feel very vast because I hate using this word, but there feels like there's a lot of verticality in this world, sure. especially because yeah, yeah. there's monsters you can ride now and fly mm-hmm. around and stuff like that. I think they do a really good job of like uh, the exploration, making the exploration still feel worthwhile. Like if you go out of the way, you'll usually find something worth finding, I would say. Yeah. Especially a lot of the locations like you don't have to go to that I really remember, especially the mini metal place mm-hmm. thing. I just stumbled upon that one time and completely blew my mind what it was. Yeah. Um, I think you might. I'm starting to remember. I think you might actually have to go to the middle place. Okay. Yeah. I think I uh, would just. For... It felt like I didn't have to go in a certain order at some parts. Yeah. You, it they, felt like it is. A, it is flexible, which with, I appreciated. In order. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember if it's required. I definitely remember very deliberately stumbling upon it. But uh, yeah, there is definitely a part where you're going around collecting the orbs where you can be a little bit free form uh, with the order. Brandon actually was like, hey, how do I get this yeah. thing? And I was like, oh, wait, you did this last. I definitely didn't do this last. And, mm-hmm. so. and it was definitely in a goofy place I didn't expect necessarily how you got the orb. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like your traditional dungeon, go through it, get an orb at the end of the dungeon. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the difficulty? Because that's kind of been a common oh, yeah. complaint without sure. the Draconian Quest modifiers. Because I don't think, did you play with any of those? No, I didn't. Okay. I just played the normal game. How did you feel about the um, difficulty? Fine. It didn't really bug me that much. Um, like I don't like when I play Drag Quest, I don't need something to beat me down, mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. Like I know Huber really loves the idea of being in a dungeon and getting jumped by twelve dudes out yeah. of nowhere and just like wiping. Like yeah. that's I'm like I'm really fine with challenging bosses and everything like that, but the nature of the game now you can see the enemies it's just easier mm-hmm. you know you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff you could choose to go into fights more so if you want i uh i did like party members definitely died when i was playing like that i definitely had there was parts where i definitely had to think i would say like that i wasn't yeah. autopilot the entire game like stuff happened i reset a couple fights because someone would die and i'd be like well i want them to get xp yeah kind of thing like that so that definitely happened to me but i wasn't like struggling to beat the game i would say or anything mm-hmm. it sounds like you and i had a very similar experience where I, I don't know if there was ever a single moment. Excuse me, by the way. I don't there know if there was ever a single moment where I struggled, but I, I I also wasn't sleeping through it, as you said. There like, wasn't like a Dolmagus moment, mm-hmm. like from eight, where it's just boom, insanely difficult boss fight out of yeah. nowhere. There was nothing like that. That's good. Yeah. Um, how did you feel without really getting into the, the nitty gritty? Because we are still relatively early in this this yeah, yeah. RPG's release. Uh, the post game or or. I guess the way to describe it, I guess, is post-game. Uh, the, the the second part of the story after the first um, credits. Very expansive. Uh, how did you feel about I how was it was very presented? pleased. Okay. Especially from what I remember from 8. It's been a long time, but I remember 8 mostly just being an optional kind of dungeon thing like that. Yeah, yeah. I actually skipped out on that. Yeah. As much as I loved 8, by the time I was done, I was yeah. done. I feel like the game leads <laughs> up to a, a good way where you want to do it, especially yeah. with the story. Because the story of the post-game is super important. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't beat mm-hmm. that, you don't get the whole story you of the game. You really do not. And it's yeah. completely, like, it's not just a little thing. It's vastly different. Uh, 
kind of going off what Blood said there, I, I don't know how long you spent in the game. I think my final clock was like around 78 hours. I've put more time in since the review, mm-hmm. just like picking up trophies here and there. Uh, do you feel like that length is really justified? Did you felt like it dragged on at all? I never felt like it dragged on when mm-hmm. I was playing the game. I don't know if just because I, I mean, I, I adore Dragon Quest, so like I was yeah. never like uh, slogging through stuff usually. Yeah. And if there's ever a moment like in a dungeon I just wanted to get through pretty fast, you could mm-hmm. just run through it real quick or something like that. Yeah. But no, I never feel like the story was like necessarily gr- like just kind of like stalling too much or yeah. I was just like, all right, let's move it along. Never ran into that issue. Yeah, I think for me, it tends to pick up that uh, when games like cross that hundred hour mark. Yeah, that's usually those are the games where like at some point when I was like, I like this, I want to finish this, but I am dragging, you know. And yeah, like, totally. I've had those moments. Uh, you know, I've had those moments with Dragon Quest Eight. I had those moments with Persona Five, uh, and I, you know, like I had those moments uh, with uh, when I uh, went back and replayed Witcher Three on PC and did a completionist run, yeah. which I do not recommend to anybody it's to try to completionist with Witcher Three. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's when you stretch over that hundred. Yeah, mark. well, I feel like the the play time's not too bad. It took me about sixty or sixty five, I think, to do the full storyline thing yeah. like that. But then I added on more hours, just grinding and stuff like that, if I wanted. Yeah, I think what helps Dragon Quest Eleven, and this is something that has has been present in many Dragon Quest games, is the fact that. Just the tone changes so much throughout the game, yeah. and what you're doing changes so much. You might be doing an arena battle, and then you might be finding out about why everybody is is turned to gold, and it's just there's so many stories mm-hmm. going on that feel just different enough, um, and I think it's really a testament to the variety of the locales as well. It feels um, the that, most, yeah, like there's the most ever. Yeah, it, it, you, you really, I think, just visually, not just tonally, but just visually get refreshed um, because these different places are yeah. taking inspirations from all over the place and so i think that makes it really easy to to keep going and 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 want to keep going and it's also i I feel like there's not too much stuff um i said this a lot of this i've said in in my review but uh i think sometimes rpgs Mm. can kind of fall into this this rut of like you know every few feet it's like okay well what do i need okay Mm -hmm. i don't need this trash that uh, whereas in Dragon Quest Eleven, I felt like it was really smooth going. Like I, I wasn't constantly having to manage things. Like I could just kind of get out in the world and explore, and there was enough um, around for me to check out and to be interesting, yeah. but not so much that like by hour seventy, you know, I was I was dreading it or hating yeah. uh, the world I explore. Um, tell me, what did you? How did you feel about the the forge, the fun size forge? Uh, I think it's fine. I think it's a vast improvement over Eight's uh, alchemy pot. Mm-hmm. Like I like that you could just actually forge it right there and get it immediately after. Right. The, the the mini game and the act of forging itself is fine. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I was forging. I'm going for trophies, so I was just forging stuff to get through the list, and I was just kind of like you know checking out, just like whatever. I don't care about the quality of this little. Uh, I just need to make it thing like that. But uh, it does feel rewarding when you're making something really high level. Mm-hmm. And you do all the things right, like just a little tap here, maybe raise the heat a little, yeah. hard mm-hmm. tap here. When you like get it all perfectly, it feels really rewarding. Just that cute little jingle it does of yep. the level up. And it's uh, like when you don't, when you fail at it, dude, and it just like goes, yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. Um, is there anything, since, since this was a game that you've been waiting for, mm-hmm. 
uh, and you said it was your, your your number one game that you were looking forward to. Uh, was there anything that let you down? Is there anything that um, you like improved? The biggest thing that stands out to me, obviously, is the non-orchestra orchestral sure. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. There's some really like great tracks in this. Mm-hmm. You know, like especially I feel like later on in the game too. There's a lot more. There's a lot better ones too. But you could just like you could tell. You know, yeah. it doesn't. I was never just like, well, this sucks because it's not orchestral or anything like that. But I just, just wish because I know Dragon Quest has such great music, especially coming from eight where we had orchestral. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like a step down in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, the music is a, is a bummer. It is nice that apparently modders have... I haven't checked oh, it yeah. out myself, on but on PC yeah. they have mm-hmm. gone through it yeah. and put in Absolutely. the official soundtrack, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, I actually imagine that wouldn't be too difficult to do, depending on how hard it is to make those uh, recordings loop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blood, has it been a while since you've played a Dragon Quest game? Uh, yeah, I... I started to get into seven on 3ds. Yeah, uh, didn't get super far into it. Um, that not the not the fastest moving game, Dragon Quest. No, right, 7. right, right. right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, before that was nine. But anyway, that was the DS. That was like years ago. Uh, but yeah, I really nine was one of those games where I was surprised at how much more like down the rabbit hole it got. Like as mm-hmm. I got closer. To the end and just like really getting into a lot of the stuff i'm trying to remember what the what the street pass function was because i remember going like being like in tokyo and just like yes i can use the street pass and just like i would go to a burger shop and was like i'm filled up i got all the street pass stuff but i like i don't remember where they actually that function was it was so long ago but yeah. i just remember being super excited about like being able to actually use it because it's in japan mm-hmm. where other people had a ds right. everyone was playing dragon quest and it was like yeah this is like this is working yeah that's <laughs> that's so awesome to hear because being in iowa when dragon quest 9 came out i felt like i never got i was going to say not play it the right way but i think more what i mean is is get the full experience out yeah. of it uh where i never played multiplayer or or uh did any of the street pass stuff it just didn't happen the opportunities weren't there and so it's cool to hear that you actually got to experience it um but with dragon quest 11 i'm sure you just have so much on your plate that's the reason why you haven't gotten to it but are is there anything that you're you're worried about? Anything that you've heard that is encouraging? Like where what is the the temperature gauge for Daniel Bloodworth and Dragon Quest Eleven? Oh, it definitely sounds like something I'm going to be pretty high on. I I think the the biggest kind of uh, worry, if anything, is just like where do, do I select any of those options at the beginning? Like is that is that what I want, or is that just not what I want at all? You know, so so you guys sound your- like you're fine with not using them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where if I were to do it again, I would probably just yeah. select stronger monsters. But yeah. at the same time, I think that game is strong enough that I can't honestly sit here and say, like, oh, oh, I had a terrible experience, even though it was easy. Yeah. Like, I think you can, be it hard or easy, I think games can have enough going for them where it's not necessarily an issue yeah. you know, for you, uh, depending on how that difficulty is presented. But hearing from Huber, who is playing with Stronger Monsters, he's really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And so, like... My recommendation, based on what he said and based on what other people on the internet have said, that like go ahead and do that, and if you really don't like it, you can just turn it off. Yeah. So uh, it's a bummer that you can't turn it back on, but at the yeah, very that's least weird. You can turn it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, cool. Well, I've got a game that we've talked about before, but a, a perspective that I was not expecting. Uh, 
I kind of fell into a rabbit hole with Spider-Man, where last frame trap, I was in the early goings of Spider-Man. I don't remember how far I was. A few hours. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a two-day hole happened, and I just platinumed that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just kind of a spontaneous sure. thing. But once I started, I couldn't stop. You were just feeling it. I was just feeling it. Yeah. And I think I was... Like, I was excited for Spider-Man, especially after E3, but I was never as high on it, I think, um, as some other allies. And coming out of it, now, having seen pretty much all of that game, uh, I am super impressed with what Insomniac pulled off. And uh, you were talking about the world in Dragon Quest XI, Brad, and I saw you have been playing Spider-Man mm-hmm. as well, so you, yeah. can, you can hop in. It's really the world, I think, in Spider-Man that captivated me so thoroughly. Um just the level of detail there, uh, just going to a park and, and seeing just people doing their own thing or just like the art on the walls. It's like, it's a game where you can zip by through it so fast and so easily. And that is a huge part of the fun is just simply moving around. But if you actually take the time to stop, you go, wow, I can't believe how much detail there is in this world. It yeah. feels like, there doesn't have to be, but because you put in the extra effort, it makes it so much more meaningful. Mm. Um, and I like how they further emphasize that with the uh, photos. So at the beginning of the game, or relatively near the beginning of the game, you you unlock these landmarks, um, and you can go around and, and, and take photos of them. But then at the very, very, very end, you unlock these secret photo opportunities, uh, which you have to, obviously, because they're secret, put in more effort into finding. But with both of those things, it really makes you go around and appreciate the world. And like, yeah, especially with the landmarks, you're doing it so you can get tokens, so you can unlock stuff. But the side consequence is it's like, oh, no, I have a, I have a more thorough appreciation of this world, which I really like. Um, and I think it kind of speaks to the genius of how they have you unlock things uh, because like whether it's a suit or uh, a gadget or something like that you have to use different tokens and you get those tokens by doing different things and so it really incentivizes you to hey go out there and do those crimes hey go out there um, and complete those challenges which go do those challenges they unlock the best boss fight it's so good I don't want to ruin it but it's it's really really fun um, and yeah, I always like when that sort of design is present, where it's like, hey, you are rewarding me for seeing as much as I can possibly see. Yeah. Um, but unlike other open world games, I, I, I feel like like sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had the feeling where you open up a map in an open world game and you're just like, I, no. Like, it's just, you're exhausted just by looking at everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Spider-Man, I feel like they kind of layer the stuff very slowly where it's like, okay, we're going to introduce you the concept of backpacks where you can find all of these trinkets that, that Peter Parker stashed throughout the city. Okay, now we're going to do landmarks. Okay, now we're going to do this. Where it's just slowly building on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and it's spaced out enough that I thought it was really fun. And I think Brandon did the same thing that I did where basically once something was unlocked, you just went out did and everything. did it. Um, and then it, it was kind of this nice process of being like, well, I've done everything. Now go to the story. And then by doing the story, you unlock another thing. It's just a really nice um, back and forth. But I've talked a lot about the world and the design, Brad. Is there anything in Spider-Man that's really stood out to you? Uh, I think the movement 
and like the flow of yeah. the game, like how Peter Parker moves throughout the world, even in combat, feels really great. It, I just keep seeing like little things of Sunset Overdrive when I'm playing right. this game, like just nice. motion and moving through stuff. I'm like, yeah, this this all makes sense. This, this developer nailed it. Uh, but yeah, I've been enjoying my time with it, Ben. I ran into a few like graphical problems. Interesting. Like, I don't know if uh, I any. so like some character I was been talking to, his face had like green matrix stuff on it for a little bit, and I was like, is this part of the story? And I asked <laughs> someone about, it, and they're like, no. And I was like, okay. I saw a chopper just like in a building. Like I was on top of a building, Ben, and Crazy. some helicopter blade just flies in front of my face through a building. It's like, oh my god, dude. Yeah. Just like like goofy little open world stuff, but nothing where I was like, oh, this this totally ruins the kind of thing. I never hit frame rate or anything, like yeah. ruined the flow or anything from like, it was more like goofy kind of things here and there, I would say. But uh I'm enjoying I'm having a good time. I did bump up the difficulty because nice. I was it was too easy for me where I never felt like I was in trouble ever because yeah. the game gives you so many tools I would mm-hmm. say and I didn't really have to use any of them I used maybe one or two but I'm just now bumping it up to see how it flows like better but I get it your Spider-Man he's like in his prime right now he's yeah. like top of his game he kills dudes really easily like that's all fun like that I'm having a good time doing that just wish I had a little more pushback I guess sure yeah, so you, you, you still feel that even after bumping up the difficulty? I haven't experiment, experimented enough with it yeah. to like have a clear call yet. Um, I definitely, I just played on normal. Uh, yeah. But, and I agree. I, it was another game where it's like I didn't really have too much trouble, but I think the thing that, I don't know if saved it for me is, is the right call, but really added to the experience a lot is um, that there were a good number of times where it made me use things that I would never even consider using before mm-hmm. in the form of like doing crimes or just doing um, the the, uh, the like wave based uh, yeah. bases mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you know, shock this many people with this gadget or use this specific move, you know, do the do the swing attack or do the air throw. And if you do that, we'll give you extra tokens. And it was like, oh, OK, I like this. Like, I'm going to go out of my way to do this and in some instances it was like oh no this is really useful i should incorporate this more often mm-hmm. um that it ended up being a really positive experience and because of those tasks i got more out of the combat mm-hmm. than i was expecting to get i think the game where i do like it is is in the challenges ben especially yeah. in the combat ones when you want to get yeah. like that makes you like push further mm-hmm. which i really appreciate it's not there all the time but they do have moments where like your skills are put to the test. Like, you're swinging, all that stuff, and if you want to go the extra mile, you can. I was... Uh, uh, not getting... Again, not getting into to specifics, uh, but I was a little bit let down by the boss fights. Um, and I don't know sure. how many you've done, but I, I feel like for the vast majority, it was dodging super easily telegraphed attacks, mm-hmm. and then... Stunning them in a very obvious way and then going in for the punch and it just they didn't change enough the fights like from fight to fight but within the fights themselves I didn't feel like they changed enough or or threw enough at me uh, for a lot of them to to really stick or for Mm -hmm. me to go like oh hey this is a great boss fight Um, where like yeah because of the challenges I got a lot of variety of the combat I, I felt like for the most part the boss fights were basically the same thing or or at least felt like the same yeah, thing absolutely. that kind of I agree that kind of bummed me out um but yeah i think the story is is pretty well presented I've, this is like my favorite interpretation of peter parker 
I think that I've ever done that. I'm like this. They've done. Yeah. They, they killed it with him, mm-hmm. especially the character like quips can really annoy me after yeah. a little bit, like really annoying. But I haven't been like that's enough. Like I'm fine. Like I like it. I think they're doing a great job with it. I completely agree with you, Brad. He, he's definitely quipping. Like, he's yeah, definitely he's throwing out the, the Spider-Man jokes that you would expect, but either like the level of quips is high enough or he's not doing it so incessantly that I think it becomes it's the, the voice actor. Yeah, Yuri uh, uh, Lowenthal. Yeah, yep, I think yep, he does an excellent job yeah, he does. with nailing all the dialogue. He does. Um, yeah, he's, he's jokey and fun, but also is able to nail the dramatic scenes and there are there are enough times where he kind of has that awkward like hey man i I just use humor as a mechanism Mm kind of attitude that i think uh really humanizes his character pretty well i think the game does a pretty good job of breaking up some of the the normal spider-man aspects yeah like i don't want to i guess it might be a spoiler but i don't really want to say but you could say stealth sections there's stealth sections and they're not they're like not that long or anything Uh like that where i'm like this needs to end like it's not like lords of shadow 2 where i'm like why is this in the game this sucks Uh uh-huh it makes sense in the story why you're doing it. It's never that painful, but at the same yeah. time, the AI is pretty bad at some of these parts. The AI, it's like really the AI bad. is pretty bad. Like I, I was standing in front of a guy. Like let's say, I was the character and Ben as a guard. I'm standing yeah. right there, and they just like, like they don't even notice me at all. I'm just right. like, okay, a little more, just a little more, something feel a little more danger. Where I was just kind of like, I was pretty much at a point, Ben, where I was just zipping through the areas. Sure, I was I think- like, I zero fear. Stealth AI has got to be like the hardest thing it's on the be freaking tough. planet Especially because it's just like e- either it's it's like that where it's like it gives you the opportunity yeah. to figure out the pattern and get behind them and, and make your move, or it it's just ridiculously like like Insane. telepathic. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, there's absolutely. no way this guy can know. They that definitely I'm here. need it to a spot where it's like not fun if it's too hard like that. But it was it was just a little too easy, I would guess. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely seen people say like, hey, these sections are the worst part of the game. And, and I get that. And I think they're right. Sure. Uh, I think the thing that kind of just made it not a huge grievance for me is they're all pretty short. Yep. They're all easy, as you described. And I do appreciate that they give you a, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's valuable and, and makes certain scenes a little bit more interesting uh, than they would be totally. on their own. Can't go into too much more detail about that, but. Yeah. One thing that's kind of bugging me is the puzzle. Mm. You know, the, there's like puzzles where you line up stuff in the game. Yeah. It's a lot. There is a uh, setting and, and where I, you can just turn those off. Are you serious? Yes, I need to is. do that because yeah. like I'm getting, <laughs> it's just like gets to a part where they dump like three of you at a time. Like these are fun every now and then, but I'm just like getting too many of these. Bioshocky? Like pipe Kind of, kind of, yeah. Well, it's kind of I, the the frustrating thing is like es- essentially there are two types of puzzles and if you want to do everything which you totally don't have to right. you end up just seeing it a lot. Um, I've heard some people say that they love them. I've heard some people say I they think hate they're them. really cool. Yeah, I just don't want to do them that much. Yeah, yeah. You know you what can, I mean? You just too much of a good you thing. Can, you can turn those off. I ended up. I did not know doing that. Them, That's cool. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do think is very commendable for Spider-Man that I feel like I've had a complaint with, uh, just like with side quests in general, mm-hmm. is like it's not perfect in Spider-Man, but I do feel like the game takes pretty great pains to mix up stuff that you're going to be doing a lot. And what I mean by that is there are these crimes, for instance, where like, yeah, you'll see the same ones over and over again, but... 
considering how often they pop up, I feel like there's a surprising amount or or a healthy amount of variety yeah. in them where it's like, okay, I'm stopping a car or I'm disabling this bomb or like these two factions are fighting each other and I have to go in and take them out or there are these snipers overhead. There's just a good bit going on and there are these uh, research centers that you get to where I feel like... like Again, not any one of these tasks is all that amazing or all that commendable on their own, but I do feel like Insomniac made a pretty good effort of like, listen, yeah. guys, like let's have them do something just a bit different. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I like. the timing on all of them is fine too. Like they're yeah. never too long. They're you never know? too long. Just mm-hmm. just yeah. enough time. We're like, okay, yeah. great. It ends when it needs to. Yeah, there is this like follow the blue line, follow this drone <laughs> challenge right. that is. I, remember, I know the drone ones, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know if it was me or the challenge. I definitely felt like, okay, this is the thing I enjoy doing the least. No, I'm with you. The, um, dro- the following the drones is my least favorite thing to do, yeah. too. Like, it's cool when you, like, get it down because you feel, you feel like, really like Spider-Man, your mobility. It's really great. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's okay, you know? Yeah. Compared to all the other stuff you can do in the game, I think it's my least favorite. Um, the number of suits that you can collect is really yeah. impressive. Some of them are outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I don't want to spoil them there. The, the suit powers, though, for a game that I think does a pretty commendable job of getting you to try out different things or, or incentivizing you to just really explore everything it has to offer, I felt like it with the suit powers, it was this mixed bag of me being like, wow, this suit power is really awesome. Or like, man, I'm never going to use this or, mm-hmm. or trying it out and just feeling like it's yeah. so inferior to everything else. It was just like peaks and valleys with the suit powers in a way that I felt like uh, was a little bit disappointing. I do feel like the gadgets overall are all pretty useful. Um, you get these, these like web trip mines and you can, there's even a trophy for it where you just, you put it on somebody and then another like guard is really close and it'll shoot out and it'll attach them together and they'll smack mm-hmm. together. Oh, yeah. And that's really fun. Like it's, it's one of those things that's so much fun that like, yeah, do it for the trophy, but it's also just worth seeing over and over sure. again, uh, which is really, really cool. Blood, have you played any Spider-Man? Mm, no. Uh, I think you're going to have to get to I, it before the end of the year. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I've, I bought it. I've got it. I hear you, man. It's on my shelf. I hear you. But yeah, well done, Insomniac. Mm-hmm. Well done, Insomniac. The movement and the flow of going between attacks, everything just feels super natural. Yeah. I would say like the amount of stuff you could do, mm-hmm. punching a dude in the air, then grabbing a barrel while in the air, throwing it on all of it's super fluid. Yeah. Really, really good job. Insomniac. I really liked... Good job. Um, so you can you can like knock somebody up, up in the air and then follow them for an air combo. Mm-hmm. You can actually like while you're still in the air keep that going by grabbing somebody, bringing them up, and so it's like you get a double air yeah. combo, and that's really fun. Gives you a lot of fun stuff to do. Yeah, it does. It gives you a lot of fun stuff to do. Uh, yeah, I think I finished Spider Man and then like immediately went to the store, being like, "Listen, I'm on board <laughs> that's for good, man. DLC." <laughs> that's and I great. Think that's always a good sign. That's a great where sign. It's like, yeah. I just want more. I really like that feeling. Blood, you may not have been playing a lot of Spider-Man, but you have been playing some Forza Horizon 4. Not as much as, as you would have liked. Right. Uh, there's some stuff going on in your apartment. But tell my house, me, Yeah, my house. My house, house is being, my house, house being remodeled. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a weird situation where everything takes longer than you, you think, think it's going to yeah. take. Yeah. And so it's like... Yeah. Like, you know, so first day is, you know, they, well, I mean, there's been a lot of days that they've just been rewiring 
redoing electric uh, and so it's like the 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 first day they were like really like because at first like they were doing like water and gas and like you know cutting holes in walls for new outlets and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and then they start you know started actually poking around with the wiring and my computers goes out and I'm like all right this is what today's gonna be like i need to unplug my consoles <laughs> figured it would be fine by you know the next day they'd be done Next day, I get a knock on my door in the morning. It's like, hey, we got to uh, turn the power off for a few hours, probably, you know, maybe half the day at most. That ends up taking the whole day. Yep. <laughs> and then, just, and then uh, today, they've actually, like, been working in my room itself, which meant I had to, like, unplug everything and, like, move stuff away from the walls. And, and so it's just been like this whole week that I should be playing Forza that I'm not at all. And there's other stuff going on as well. Blood, that... that- sucks i mean yeah. that completely cripples everything you need to do for your job <laughs> yeah and so it, like there were there were other things that i was doing and we'll get to a game that i i was able to like okay well my pc is on i can play this right uh but so but forza i have i have before that i, I was playing uh, a fair bit and and it's it, and I, i'm a long way from settling on a score but i i will say that this is a game where i am thinking about what what does a 10 mean for a racing game? Like, what would push me over the edge? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this it's game is action. just, like, so well-designed all around. And I, and as I've been playing it, I just keep seeing these little things that they've done just to, like, let's not make this game annoying, mm-hmm. you know? And, and one of the things that, you know, my ears perked up at E3 was, hey, we're going to have this thing. It's going to be online all the time. But guess what? If you don't like that, you can just play in solo mode. Guess what? If the connection goes out, you're not going to get booted out of the game. You're just going to go to solo mode. Guess what? If you pause the game, someone's not going to hit you in the back. It's just going to drive through you. And this is like all of these smart little things. And that auto-ghosting, it, it transfers into what you're doing as a single player. I just blew my mind. When but- I was going through a, like just a drift zone, just an open-world drift zone, and I passed right through a traffic car, and I'm like, that was in my review. A Forza Horizon 3, I complained about that in my review, and it's fixed now. They got it, dude. Thank goodness. But I feel like when I'm <laughs> playing Forza Horizon 4, because, you know, the demo hyped me up, and then your enthusiasm and things that you were saying on Slack hyped oh, me up even further. Boy, when you just said, like, think about what a 10 means, yeah. like, <laughs> it was a good reaction, set my mind into a frenzy. Anytime I, I see, like, anything that you're referencing, I, I think I'm just going to have, like, this image of you shaking your hand going, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? You're going to be my own personal Forza narrator. In fact, I wish you could, like, be the the narration for the game. Forza Horizon. Final yeah. I would pay. I would pay for it. I would pay. Oh, and, and yeah. they do, uh, I mean, GTA kind of does this, and they've done this in past Horizons as well, but, like, they've got, like, these DJs constantly commentating on what is going on right now yep. in, in the game. Uh, on multiple radio stations, like they've done it over and over mm-hmm. again. Uh, and, and What's they all Blood's have radio tapes. station? What is your radio station of choice? I mean, I kind of just like keep it on one until I get really tired of it repeating, and then I move on to the next one. Okay, I just kind of cycle through that. I way. was hoping so no, you'd say smooth jazz or something. <laughs> so no favorites, right? Like I'm fine with the default pulse, mm. uh, but I mean they're all, they're all all right to me. Um, I think uh, probably. I mean, I haven't listened to it as much in in four, but it, like probably the like the more rock stuff that they go for doesn't always necessarily gel with me. Even mm-hmm. though I'm, oh, I listen to all kinds of stuff. But you know, it's like I would think I would like more of the rock stuff, but a lot of times it's Horizon. I don't know, just that that 
That EDM vibe kind of fits it a little bit better to me. So I remember going through this with Forza Horizon 3, and then I also went through it with the Forza Horizon 4 demo, where I would be really into the song, or at the very least, like, super curious about the song, and being annoyed that I could kind of hear it and like going into the settings and trying to figure out like mm. okay what's the best way to tune this so i can actually hear the song have you had any problems i haven't had mixing, i don't remember having mixing? any issues with mixing before do either, you play so. with headphones uh no i well sometimes if i need to but uh, most of the time i'm playing um just uh like a 5.1 okay speaker. it might just be a weird me thing but yeah mm -hmm. there are definitely times where it's like no i want to hear the song more but anyway i'm sorry uh forza horizon 4 yeah, uh, this the season. So the way it kind of works is they kind of they give you like an intro to all the seasons. So at first it's like the E3 demo where it's like, boom, 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 boom. Here they all real quick, and then after that, what they do is uh, sort of based on experience. Uh, once you get to a certain experience level, they'll unlock the next season, mm -hmm. and so that way you get through, you get to see what each season is like, and then once you're done with all the seasons, then it's like all right, now we're going to sync you up with like what the rest of the world is doing in seasons. Uh, and what's cool about it is uh, I feel like they don't, they don't force you to move on. Like you can linger, you can keep doing events. If, like if you like playing in the snow, you can go out and do some more open world stuff. It's, it's like, it's just there. It's like, okay, when you're done here, go to the festival, we'll move you on to the next season. Uh, and, and it's also kind of crazy because of like all the different disciplines. There's like cross country and dirt and street and stuff like that. And when you go to do one of those events, then it's like, okay, here's three more of those and three more. Of those. And, and so if, if you try out a bunch of different ev events from different classes at first, then all of a sudden you've just got events everywhere. And they're, mm -hmm. not, they're not necessarily tied to any of those seasons. What's tied to those seasons are the showcase events. Mm -hmm. So uh, this, this stuff, you know, like the past, in the past you would go against uh, planes and blimps and stuff and this time around so far I've seen like the giant hovercraft with they showed up before and I've gone against the train and then there's the motorcycles that were in the E3 demo have you done the halo level yet I have not okay uh, I heard a little bit about it um, but they had a, they had a warthog in three and mm -hmm. I think it was some kind of bonus but then when people cr did their like create a level things you could you could just go in and, and use it that way because hmm. if they set that to be the car for that for their level, then you just like, cool. I get to drive the warthog. I get to see what that's like without paying that extra money. How much of the how many of the different seasons have you really been able to spend time with? Um, I've been in, yeah. I think I, I think it starts in summer and then goes into autumn and then uh, winter and spring. So I think I've I've been in all four seasons. I just need to put a little bit more time into spring and then I'll be into the main like the server sink. Out of out of the seasons that you've experienced, is there any that you have a particular preference for, or anything that that stands out from going through those different seasons? Uh, well, you definitely get to see like the effects of rain and stuff in spring and, and autumn. Mm -hmm. uh, I did like winter a lot. They've got uh, like terrain deformation, so when you go through snowbanks, like you can kind of do you know the car version of snow angels, like do donuts <laughs> and, and and see it in the snow. Uh, I had a like really pretty shot of I, I was going back and forth on an, another drift zone trying to get that drifting down and and I came back and like oh there's like the light from the moon just shining through all of these branches without any leaves on it was just like it was like I'm gonna check photo of that that's pretty cool nice um, and uh, one of the cool things 
which uh, I don't. I mean, they, they had to have known it was going to happen, but it's kind of it's kind of funny. Is uh, you know, uh, Forza Horizon like introduced the whole barn find concept? Yeah. And so you, it's like, here's this giant section of the map. Go find the barn and get you know get another car. Uh, this time around, because you're playing with other people, like you can pop the drone out and you can look around. And it's like, hey, there's another guy. Let me go see what he's doing. It's like, oh yeah, he's at the barn. <laughs> you just follow the other person, and you could you could theoretically that could happen with drive avatars in the past games. Right. Uh, but when you're actually live with other players, then you. Yeah, I know why you're in this circle. I know yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, that that sounds like it becomes a very like addicting loop where it's just, hey, I'm gonna chase after this or I'm gonna chase after that because you can see so easily what other people are doing. Yeah, and I haven't gotten to because because I haven't played since the uh, early access started. So now what I that's one of the reasons I was waiting before I got derailed by everything else, yeah. was I want to see what the game plays like with a bunch of people in it. Sure. And during the review period, all I would ever see, I think the most I saw was like 14 people in the world. And the session said like 14 out of 72. I'm like, okay, hold up. <laughs> There's going to be 72 yeah, people. Wait. Yeah. I, I want to see what this is going to be like. Because like even, you know, when you try to challenge like a random driver or something, like they're like, nah. Like, okay, come on. I want, I want somebody to, like, experience this with. And so, like, I did, like, one co-op race. And it was, like, one other guy. one Me, one other guy versus all the drivatars. So, like, I really want to get in there and, and try this stuff out with live players. And you're playing on an Xbox One X, correct? Yes. Uh, and so that's let me try out the uh, performance mode versus the quality mode. Yeah. And I started off in performance mode just because, like, I can finally play in 60 frames per second for real this time. <laughs> and uh, and have been loving it, and then I go to quality mode, and, and uh, for reference, I'm doing this on a 1080p monitor. I don't have 4K. Oh, okay, yeah. And so, with without going 4K, it was just like, oh, no, mm-hmm. I'm not going back. I, I'm sure, I, I, you know, and I've read the Digital Foundry thing, so I know that like if you have 4K, then maybe that'll be worth the trade off for you. But this is like one of the few like very like night and day performance mode all the way everything just feels smoother everything feels crisper it just feels like a like a much uh, better experience to be doing that the 60 frames per second so as someone who has played all of the forza horizon games you it seems like you think highly of all of the changes that they're making and you think feel highly think highly of the the season system and you can actually see a lot of differences between the seasons but when it comes to the events themselves and the things that you're doing and the courses that you're racing on, do you feel like that is still exciting? Uh, is there is there any part of it that feels like it's retreading too much of the same ground, or or what are they doing to keep it fresh? I suppose. Yeah, I I mean I think definitely you know when you look at like regular races and then the showcases, there's there's certainly a sense that it's it's an iterative title where they've just like just blown it out uh, feature wise. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I want to look back and, and check out, I think one of the things they changed this time around was the uh, the perk system. Hmm. So there's like a, basically like a skill tree with like a bunch of cards. And so like when you get one point, then you can flip over this card and get this perk. And then that opens up like the adjacent cards or whatever. And you can kind of work your way through that. And I th- I'm pretty sure that in the past games, that was just a general thing. Mm-hmm. Um and and now uh, it's individual to each car, 
And so whether so whether that's a new thing or not, either way. But what I what I like about that is that it gives you a way to invest in cars that's not about like being a gearhead sure. and tuning and just like raising your stat up to the max of that class level and like okay, you know, this car is gonna be my one ninety nine car and this car is gonna be my two ninety nine car, you know, like in all those kind of ratings. It's like, okay, I want to keep this car around because I've invested these perk points in it and I can keep moving up that skill tree. Mm-hmm. And, and, and especially with these games where, okay, there's 450 cars and they're just throwing them right and left. Is So it's like, why, why should I stick with a car? Mm-hmm. You know, and then finding those cars that you want to stick with and then actually making them better in a way that's not like totally about, um, you know, the base numbers, you know, okay. giving you other ways of, of having perks. It sounds like, a pretty stellar game. Yeah. Uh, and the reviews that have come out have been really good. You mentioned that you were a little bit surprised that more people didn't wait uh, until it was out. And I, I kind of agree with you if, if it's anything at all like the experience that you've been having where races aren't getting filled in. But it, it sounds really, really cool. Um, Brad. Yeah. There was a game that you reviewed uh, a while ago that I want to dig into. And get your final thoughts on it because, sure. I, it, like, the experience that I'm having with it is it's my girlfriend and I are playing it together, and so it's been very slow going. Mm-hmm. But when I'm away from it, I'm not like, oh man, I'm excited to get back. Mm-hmm. But it's also not terrible in any way either right. so far. Sure. Uh, and that is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Sure, totally. Um, and you've played all of them. You've played 2013, yes. Rise, and Shadow. Uh, what was your experience like reviewing the game? Uh, good. I enjoyed the game. I think if you're looking for a huge leap from game to game where you're like, whoa, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. You won't really get that here. There's a few things that are different, obviously, in this version, like the the hubs you can go to and stuff like that, or the towns. But um, I think what it just does, it does really good. I think going through tombs is really fun. I think the combat's better than it's ever been. I think the stealth's better than it's been. I think they improved upon pretty much every aspect of the previous ones. I do think it's the best out of the three, too. Um, as you were going through, you, you kind of mentioned these hubs. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like what you could interact with in these in these towns and these hubs and these places uh, was worthwhile? Was it really fleshed out? I mean, we've talked about, obviously, they're very different types of games, but I mm-hmm. think a common thread with, like, Spider-Man and Dragon Quest Eleven is, like, oh, no, like, this game is is going out of its way to make me appreciate its world. Do you feel like Shadow of the Tomb Raider really went out of its way to make you appreciate its world? Yeah, I think they put a lot of effort into it to try to make it believable, like mm-hmm. what it would be like here. I don't know if it necessarily succeeds with everyone or something like that, but I feel like from what out of the, what I got out of the towns is kind of what I expected, yeah. but not. I didn't expect anything more from it, really. I expected mm-hmm. to talk to some people, learn a few things about the location or stuff like that, find some, they give me hints or something about something, or they yeah. give me side quests. That's pretty much what it is. But some of the side quests, yeah, are worthwhile. You get some better gear, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's if you want to do all that, it's worth it. I think that takes you to some interesting areas. The side tombs, like always, are like the highlight, I think, of the games. So I think it does a good job with that. Um, as somebody who's who's gotten through the game, maybe you can affirm this or deny it, but I feel like so far for me, uh, when I, when I kind of open up the skill tree and I look at what's available, I'm like, 
it, it ends up being a feeling of like, oh, okay, I guess yes, in the different categories. Sure. Uh, none of them yeah. are really leaping out to me, and I I'm think, like, oh man, this yeah. is gonna super improve. Yeah, my experience. there's like a few where I'm like, yeah, I totally want that, like the the stealth kill ones or something like that. Yeah, but there are some where I was like, do I really need this kind yeah. of thing like that? Like, it, it feels like there's more than there needs to be. I would say, like, mm-hmm. you don't need that many, honestly. But some of the other ones, like I did experiment with all of them because you know I was reviewing it, and right. some of them I ended up using more than I thought I would, like the slowdown mm. you have to unlock, maybe the armor I tried more stuff like that. But you know some of the stuff like tracking stuff I didn't really need. Mm-hmm. I feel like tracking's not as big in this one. I don't feel like it's just that right. hard to get stuff. I don't. There's like no rare drops. You got to skin a bunch of guys like that. You just kind of get it all. So they kind of like streamlined that. But yeah, I totally yeah. Didn't see what to you're me, the from. one thing that's felt kind of weird is uh just upgrading guns like i just mm-hmm. i guess i got i got the materials i guess i'll upgrade the gun right. I, I don't feel like i need to do that i don't feel like i'm necessarily seeing the benefit of doing that because i am playing primarily as a stealth player and, mm-hmm. and right and so i'm going through the much, exact same experience yeah how much do i even need this gun right, right. now so yeah. yeah totally i mean there's definitely more shooty parts mm-hmm. and a lot of them are later in the game i feel like okay mm-hmm. Um, two other things that I want to talk about are, are how did you feel about the story? Uh, I, I feel like they were kind of going out of their way to dude, have Lara reconcile with her actions. How did you feel that turned like, out? They kind of succeed to me. They're talking about like, Oh, like making Laura, like, like feel bad for her actions like that. And I feel like they do that kind of, but at the end of the day, it didn't feel that effective to me. I do did you lo- feel like it tapers off as the game goes on? Kind of. Like, or if it does, they it didn't really click with me, kind mm-hmm. of thing they were trying. I did love the relationship between Lara and Jonah. I think yeah. they focused on that a lot more this time, where I, like, I actually like cared about Jonah. I'm like, oh, Jonah's my bro. My boy, mm-hmm. Jonah. Kind of thing like that. But I, I think it's better than like Rise of the Tomb Raider. Like, I really hated Rise of the Tomb Raider's story. I was like, this is really boring, kind of thing like yeah. that. <laughs> in, in comparison, why, why do you think... You, I just you think felt they, more. I think the writing's a little stronger this time around. Ah. I think th- it feels a little more personal, kind of thing. Like this is like the, the end of Trinity. Like mm-hmm. it's all coming to this point like that. So it's like it's like a conclusion, I guess. So they did they did a better job of investing you in the yeah. stakes. Yeah, I mean it's a different team. Like I think they did a better like the mm-hmm. Deus Ex team. They yeah, better job of writing everything like that. I feel like where like I connected more with the character. I could see more where they're coming from. Even the villain, I could see a bit more where they're coming from. Mm. Instead of just being like a random generic bad a bad dude. You know, oh, we're gonna kill Laura, we're gonna get these artifacts, stuff like that. Like, there's there's obviously some dudes in that, but not like not like the main, 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 main villains are like that. Like the main, main villain like has a bit more to him. Yeah. They try to give him some like context, like where he's coming from, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, still very early on, but uh, what what I have experienced of the challenge tunes so far, mm-hmm. uh, I think have been pretty promising. Mm-hmm. Where uh especially the most recent one that I did, it was like, okay, I've got to think about this and try different things out and, and kind of like, I'm not dwelling on it. I'm not, uh, and when I do see the solution, it's not like, oh God, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, they're just nice little yeah pockets of, yeah. of fun, I guess. They're not too, like you don't ever get stuck too, too long, okay. which I appreciate. The, the thing... They got me though. Is I went into the one is like like uh, outside of the first town was 
uh, like a bunch of fire in there, and they're mm-hmm. talking about that's like exactly, moaning and stuff. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's but the, I I'm pretty sure that like I don't have an uh, an ability that I can that can get. Is there something blocking the way for you, Bloodworth? Yeah. Something to move. Yeah, I was stuck on that for a little bit. No, you have everything you need for that. It's you're like shooting the thing at the thing to try to swing it. Is that yeah. what's going on? Yeah, you just got to do it at like a weird angle. Well, no, I did that, but then there was something. Like, oh no, you should have everything right past that that I couldn't move through that was where i got stuck the most well you know i just said you could see their logic but that challenge tomb that you're talking about i actually did have a moment now that i'm thinking about it where you can climb on something and i was like wait a minute what and it just just visually it didn't click with me that this was a thing that i could climb on this was a path available to me Mm -hmm. and so uh that was very confusing Mm -hmm. so yeah maybe Maybe the logic not quite as airtight as i was that one definitely stands out in my brain i mean like that was weird there's some cooler ones though like well it's funny though a ship or something like that i i i figured that i i just didn't have the thing i needed yet so i just you know worked my way back out of that tomb Mm -hmm. but um Every so often, she would still like be giving me like hint yeah. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, I'm gone. I'm not, I'm not even in that room anymore. Yeah. Just stop with the stop with the hint. Yeah, the only time it. like if you're at something <laughs> and you can't do it, the game usually tells you. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. Is I, okay. I do feel like to the game's credit is very explicit like, oh, about when you here. don't yeah. have the stuff. Yeah. That okay. You need. Yeah. 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 No, that was yeah. I know. I, Blood. I was stuck there for a second. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm gonna like see somebody else i'm just gonna see just a little bit to to mm-hmm. to see if i can uh just pull up a youtube video just to get past this one little bit and then they climbed on that thing and i was like wait what you can climb on that so yeah i had that moment sure. i wonder if if that climbing thing is the is exactly yeah. what you're going through and like some of the temples you go through like the tombs just look really awesome and going through them it's not necessarily yeah. like a puzzle but just the act of going through is yeah. really enjoyable yeah it's it's a hard sensation to describe with me with Shadow of the Tomb Raider where I'm having a good time when I'm playing it and mm-hmm. I feel like there's enough to command. Like you just talked about <coughs> how it looked visually and yeah, I completely agree. And I just don't know what it is and it could just be that I'm not far enough in the game. Uh, but Something's I not don't clicking know. with you yet. I, I think it's kind of... Like when you break it down, when I when I think about the exploration that I've done, when I think about the stealth sections that I've done, when I think of the characters interacting, uh, when I think about the world, it's like all of these things are done well enough, but none of them are making me have those moments. Like there were so many moments in Spider Man where I mm-hmm. I took a step back and I'm like, oh wow, mm-hmm. like really you went to that level or there would be some sort of curveball and again like not a completely fair comparison because it's like i've played all spider-man and not a shadow of the tomb raider and so i'm hoping that this is an opinion that evolves quite a bit but yeah just so far there hasn't been like that that thing that moment in shadow of the tomb there was definitely a moment for me where i was like oh okay how far in was was earlier moment you guys have probably done it already maybe but i was like oh this is neat this is cool i like this yeah and i Like I said, the challenge tombs, it's like, okay, I, I think these are good enough that I want to keep doing them, but yeah, it just hasn't been a, a an oh wow moment. I yeah, guess. I would say the game's really fun. You're going to have a good time, especially if you like the past two minutes. It's really fun, but it's not going to like blow you away or okay. anything like that. You're going to have a good time, though. Tomb Raider 2 skin, though. Skin. Oh, yeah, the skins, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one thing models. I wish I brought up in my review that I didn't think about till later is yeah. some of the combat sections. I talk about briefly about some like 
arena style things that are super goofy but some of like the areas where you can get a little more flexibility i don't feel like there's a a ton of flexibility sure i wish they give you a little more options there's like one part i think in my brain that's really cool and we saw it at the preview like a long time ago in the mm. jungle like that part's really cool because they give you a lot of stuff to do just don't feel like there's not enough moments like that where mm. I feel like because they kept emphasizing like Laura is the hunter in a prime of her career, which sometimes like, it really does feel like that. But I wish they gave you just a little more, a little more moments like that. Sure. Um, speaking of things that you'll have a good time with but won't necessarily blow you away, mm-hmm. I think that is a perfect description for something that came out yesterday. Uh, Dragalia Lost. Oh, yeah. Which, oh, which right. I've, I've been checking this, yeah. out some. Um, again, it just came out yesterday, and so I, I'm not an expert fully... Yet. I'm not an expert on it, but I, I, I feel like I've played enough to have a good, a somewhat solid sense of it. And this is a Nintendo-published mobile game made by Games, uh, best known for a game that never officially came out here, Grand Blue Fantasy. But I've played some Grand Blue Fantasy, and there are many similarities um, so what this is, is this is, and this is where I was almost out. I wasn't sure if I was going to play this game for this reason. It is an action-adventure uh, game, I, I guess, if you need, like, a comparison a of Diablo-esque Diablo yeah. game. And the way that you control it is you move your character with your finger, and you attack by tapping, and you dodge by swiping. And I was just like, no, no, no. Right. That's going to feel terrible. Mm-hmm. It does not. Uh, to the game's credit, I, and really, I think one of the okay. strongest things that I can say about it <laughs> is, like, after the first few missions, I really just was not struggling with the controls at all. It, it, you you definitely slipped into that mode where you were just doing things and not thinking about things, um, and I think that's extremely important, Great. especially in an action-adventure game, uh, an action RPG, rather, uh, and that is definitely what I have done. Uh, with your godly loss, the way that the best way that I've found to play it is to hold the phone with one hand and and use like your index finger. Of, like, you can't, yeah, you can like use a thumb, and that's fine. I've definitely done that, and you'll get through it. But yeah, um, I think what really helps the game is it does the MMO thing of being like, hey, an enemy's gonna do a big column attack. You have enough time to be like, okay, I'm gonna swipe now and get out of the way. Or they're going to do a big AoE. I have enough time to swipe and get out of the way. And so because of those very obvious signals, uh, I think there's enough flexibility that you're not really frustrated with it. Cool. Um, and it's it's fun. I mean, uh, you your character has a skill that you can use. Um, that's on a cooldown. Uh, but the big thing with it is you collect this juice that lets you transform uh, into a dragon. And mm. oh, that's right, when you right. become really powerful and they have their own skill that you can do uh and that's that's a fun system and pretty much in a mission like i save it for the boss fights i transform and i finish them uh the bosses will go into an overdrive state uh where they're much more aggressive and powerful uh but if you keep attacking them while they're in this overdrive state you can break them and that's you know it's it's fun it's serviceable and these uh, missions are pretty small um, but if you go off the beaten path a little bit, you might find a little bit of treasure. Uh, but within, you know, just a couple of minutes, like a minute and a half, two minutes, you're at the boss clearing it. And so as a mobile game, it works very well for short first sessions. There is a lot of story, uh, which will probably not be surprising for people who played Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, the way that it works is like you'll just have a story mission where you won't be controlling a character at all. You'll just be going through cutscenes. Hmm. Um, and most of the time that is just 
character art and a text box. Um, sometimes it is fully voiced with the in-game graphics. And that is the other point of presentation that uh, another point that I want to bring up that I think Dragalia Lost does really well. It's I saw a Kutaku headline today that it's like it's the same thing you've seen plenty of times before, but it's really slick mm-hmm. or, or something along those lines. And I really agree with that sentiment is it looks fantastic. The characters are these nice chibi 3D modeled characters that they're just adorable. Um, and the design of the th- characters and dragons that you're collecting are good enough that you're like, oh, I feel good about getting this rare character or this rare dragon. Um, and it's just, yeah, every aspect of it is very adorable. Uh, like the the like pop song that plays <laughs> when you're in the, the menu. Uh, the home screen is, is really, really good. And so, yeah, it's just kind of slick overall. And there's this pretty high degree of polish present uh, that makes it fun. The story is not grabbing me or or making me care in any significant way uh it is just ancient things coming to pass and destiny and (laughs) evil coming back and trying to take over it's just kind of this amalgamation of things that you've you really have seen plenty of times before um but it's not terribly offensive and something i really like that i think is super smart is you can skip the story scenes you still get the you know whatever the reward is for uh completing them but when you skip the story scenes it will actually give you like a one screen summary where it's like oh hey here's what's happened okay so if you don't have a lot of time or you just don't care uh you can skip it but you still know what's going on or essentially what's going on and so that's that's very nice as well um, doesn't seem uh, particularly predatory so far. Uh, I haven't spent any money, and they're doing like a launch event where I, I feel like just by playing the game and, and you know up front, they've let me summon and, and get characters and, and items. Uh, every day they let you uh, get some items for free. And yeah, it's it's fine. It's, it's a super well-made one of those. Uh, and if you are looking for something to kill time, I think there's enough going on with the presentation, the look, and the feel of it. I feel like I haven't, to the game's credit, I haven't played a lot of or any action RPGs on mobile, and I'm surprised at how well this one uh, does that control. And I think like that in and of itself is good enough that it's like, yeah, I'll keep picking away at this. Sure. Hmm. Uh, yeah, not going to blow you away, as right. Brad said. But good Just enough fun. for yeah. what it is, yeah. Um, with the the combat when you attack, do you have to yeah. like con- continuously tap on an enemy, or is it like Xenoblade where you target and they auto attack until you do a move? So the way that it works is it will kind of soft lock on as you're going through. So when you get close to something, it will lock on. Uh, you can definitely move and then attack, but the way that I do it is I kind of because you do tap to attack. Okay. And so, so every time you tap, that's a like sword swing, or that's something. a sword yeah. swing. You actually, your characters will have combos that they'll go into. So it's like swipe, swipe, launch up into the air, slam down, and that that will happen as you keep tapping. And so the way that I end up doing it is like, okay, move around, dodge any attacks that I need to, stop, and then just tap. Um, but I feel like you can kind of cleave through, like especially small enemies, very quickly. Hmm. Um, and so it's not like. I haven't really had any moments where it's been like, okay, I need to target this thing and then awkwardly target that thing. I haven't really been struggling with the targeting system at all. Cool. Um, and so that's been nice. Sweet. Well. So, 
yeah, uh, I'm curious how it'll do. Uh, I think I read somewhere that they're not specifically targeting Western audiences. They're targeting Asian sure, audiences. Yeah. Sure, um, and so, yeah, yeah it, I, I'm curious to see how it's received here and how it's received over there. And Is there any like. sort of, like, uh, player connectivity, multiplayer type there of There is. There's co-op. Okay. Yeah, okay. there's co-op. You can, you can see. I actually have not... I think part of the reason I didn't bring it up is because I haven't done that yet. Sure. Uh, yeah, there's special events that you can do, and then I believe you can also co-op with other people. Um, and so that's cool. That's yeah, cool that you can do fun. with other people. I need to actually experience that before I, I go on the record and, and talk about it, but I, I like that the option is there at the very least. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dragalia Lust. Mobile games. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Blood, you are bringing the frame trap game I have not heard about. <laughs> I don't know what the hell the King's Bird is. Uh, yeah, the, so so as I said, I've been without uh, access to everything I should be playing. Uh, so, but I, I I was able to have an extension cord run out the window and get power that way, um, <laughs> and run my PC. And so I was doing that. Like I play, I played the Kingsbird, which is one of those games that, uh, you know, we get a lot of people that send us games unsolicited, and and sometimes like a PR person is like, "Hey, checking in. Did you did you guys play that? You're gonna do a review?" And I'm like, I, I, "Nobody's nobody's asked for it. I don't know." <laughs> and this is one of those games, and they said that it it won, I think, some kind of student award or something like that. Uh, but it's essentially a side scroller platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the the look of it. I would say is sort of like a more kind of stylized version of like those silhouette uh, levels of uh, Donkey Kong, Kong Country. Oh, so yeah, you you kind of just get kind of impressions of people and 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 things, and then kind of the areas that I've seen. There's like one that sort of reminds me a lot of Aladdin. It's like tall buildings like a lot of pots and villagers and stuff yeah. like that around and then some forest areas and there's like a lake area that i think i'm in now i think anytime somebody is describing a game and comparing it to either donkey Kong country returns or tropical freeze i'm like already more interested just yeah. by that comparison like, <laughs> that's how much i like those two games. yeah um the uh, the movement is the big thing with this game, and it's it definitely takes some getting used to. It's a lot based on momentum. It definitely has, I'd say, some some sonic influence to it, mm. uh, to where you you kind of like sliding down these inclines, and then like based on that, uh, you can like launch up in the air, and then you can glide, and so you're kind of like doing these kind of like parabolic arcs. So where it's like okay. I dip down this far, then I'll have enough momentum to like jump back up and like get up to this next platform. And so there's a lot of that uh, that really like plays into how you move around. Uh, so with the trigger buttons, so like the left trigger is kind of like that that slide and that glide button, and then the right trigger is sort of uh, I guess the best way I can describe it is a boost. So if like you you jump onto the wall and then you can right trigger and kind of boost up the wall once, um, and then if you jump over like if you wall jump over the next wall then you do it again so and and then if you hit them at the same time the jump and the boost you do these like diagonals and moving around the walls is like really interesting it's definitely one of these games where i feel like if you get this down a lot you can get through levels super fast uh that sounds awesome 
yeah. it's 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 interesting. It's neat. Uh, I I definitely. So the 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 tone of it is kind of mixed to me though, because when I starts out, like there's no dialogue or anything. It's just kind of, it's almost like like journey. You're like you're walking around. It's like okay, you got this guy with a scarf, and then you kind of wander through town, and then you see this other guy, and and he does this bubble thing, and you follow him, and then you end up like finding these portals to these other areas. Uh, but then once you go through those portals, then it becomes kind of like a stage by stage thing where it's like, okay, go through this door and then there's four stages and I complete the four stages and then I can unlock this other door that goes to this other area. Uh, and so then, so then the majority of the levels outside of the hub feel a lot more like, uh, like super meat boy or Celeste, uh, in that, you know, it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm trying to get through these levels. I'm trying not to like slam into spikes. There's a lot of checkpoints. There's these little, little bird things to collect. Uh, and and be in the out of art you know outreach places kind of like the cherries in mm-hmm. Celeste. Uh, so so yeah, so it really just becomes about like okay, figuring out like how do I perfect the movement? Like where can I dash off of uh, different walls to to get higher and, and and get all the little little trinkets? Not smash my way into thorns and uh, get to the end of the level and on to the next one. Did you finish? The Kingsbird? No, I only got through like the first, like I said, like the forest area, and then I've gotten into the lake area, which is like the okay. second. Um, but uh, whatever story is going on hasn't really played out too much. I see like murals on the wall once in a while that, that highlight uh, some vague things. There's a bunch of guys collecting acorns. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know. Um, so you, you mentioned trying to perfect the movement and not crash into things. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that been a pretty rough process for you? And what is, like, how strict is it with death or, or getting injured? I mean, is it something where it's like... Oh, it's definitely not that strict because there's, there's little lamps. Okay. So they're like checkpoints. So it's like section by section in each level. Are those checkpoints pretty generous or... I'd say so. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely feels like this is the challenge that you have to get through to get to this So it's like room to room kind of thing like that? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's one level... Mm-hmm. Um, well, like you, Celeste, you, could fall, like... you could actually fall back. Further, oh, okay, gotcha. To a different part of the level, but uh, yeah, they don't they don't do any kind of like uh, screens as borders or gotcha. anything like that. It uh, move because again, it's it, it, as you can imagine, like with a Sonic game, it's like you just once yeah, you get going. moving, like you want to keep going. So you get down like this tunnel. Oh, and that's uh, another thing that's interesting is that you can also, and one of the things that takes a little bit of getting used to is that you can also basically like slide on ceilings mm. there's like a mechanic that to that to where it's like if you have enough momentum like you'll like zip along the seat like you can sort of hold on to it with that left trigger and and almost like uh it's yeah it's almost it's almost like when you're like holding on to a rope or something in another one of those games but you're just sliding on the ceiling that way cool uh the way that you described it appearing as like the the silhouette levels of the Donkey country games the returns and, and tropical freeze uh or was that just in tropical freeze i think it was in returns i yeah, think it was in returns. So, okay yeah. okay um anyway to me I, i've never seen this game before i don't know what it looks like but to me that it, it sounds like it's very dark a lot uh is that true and if it is true is it ever get confusing kind of like parsing where you can go or does the path get confusing yeah i mean maybe saying a silhouette is is maybe not the exact but i i, I feel like even the, the the donkey kong levels aren't that 
dark. Right. No, they're not. Yeah. So I just I think it's just kind of that that idea of like these these you know very flat stylized kind of layers, um, okay. and and then your character doesn't have a lot of definition. You just kind of see, you know, them and mm-hmm. and the the scarf. And that's one of the things that, uh, as well, like when you're gliding, like you can't glide infinitely. Mm. So you'll see that your your scarf kind of comes more of like a dotted line, and then it goes out, and you drop to your death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that's that's one of the again that's one of the cool things, just like getting that rhythm of taking off, finding. It's kind of like the Mario cape in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like finding that. All right, what's that the arc that I need to do to to go back up it sounds like a cool game i love and i especially just coming off of spider-man great movement in games mm-hmm. and so i think that's enough for me to be curious about it Do you know is it only on pc i don't know for sure i okay. think it might be for now and then maybe coming to some other things later you wouldn't happen to know how much it is it's twenty dollars <laughs> okay. yeah okay and and it's def- like i definitely would say that it's not it's not up there with like a Super Meat Boy or Celeste. Like sure. I, I definitely kind of, you know, like after a few levels of the same aesthetic, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move on to whatever we're gonna move on. But to that's next. the thing that kind of creates that sensation is just the aesthetic, not necessarily the movement. Um, no, I mean, I, I definitely feel like I was still, you know, being being challenged mm-hmm. at, at like figuring out, okay, well, now what do I do with, with this situation? And yeah. And especially like learning to do like that diagonal boost more and, and figuring out like how I can kind of chain that off of things, chain that off of a wall to a ceiling to, and then try to glide out of that. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I guess I'm still fairly early on. I don't know how long it is. It's probably only like six or seven hours, but uh, so I, not a final conclusion, but an interesting, interesting yeah, in there. Yeah. Uh, Blood, you've been notorious for this recently. Uh, you did oh. say the thing that got us caught in a frame trap. Oh, oh boy. Geez. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, uh, sometimes I, a lot of times I say like, hey, do you know what that thing was? I don't think you're going to get it this time. Uh, but for this edition of Connor Frame Trap, which if you don't know what this is, this is where we take a break. We, we talk a lot about game impressions. And so as a way to just kind of break up the, the show, have a little bit of fun, we do a game and we talk about our sponsors the phrase that you said that got us to this point, Daniel Bloodworth, is sonic influence. <laughs> okay. They didn't tell me if that was a positive or negative thing. Just sonic influence is what got us to this point. Uh, but now, uh, uh, whoa, before we get into it, I do want to tease. I enjoyed, Brad, you didn't get to see this, but Blood participated in it. Last time we did what I called a, uh, a bonus hotake hot and ready edition. Oh my god. Yeah. Hot and ready? <laughs> yeah, so they had a very short amount of time to rank most of the 3D Zelda games. And uh, we're not going to be doing a ranking. We're going to decide which is a superior of two oh, okay. very beloved games. Gotcha. And again, keeping the panel in mind for this. Oh my. Yeah. So get ready for that. I'm not going to tell you what the games are as to not ruin it. And let's talk about our wonderful sponsors. Our first sponsor is Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering. He's been supporting the show a long time. Thank you so much, Greg. Dale Sun, our next sponsor, has also been supporting the show a long time. Thank you, Dale Sun, as well as Zotig. Thank you so much, Zotig. After Zotig, we've got, you know him, you love him, JoJo's Dent Co. After JoJo's Dent Co., we have, oh yes, 
cool, great. That's just fun to say. Thank you for letting me say that. Oh, yes, cool, great. It's just fun to say. Thank you. After oh, yes, cool, great, we have blue. I always have to say it like that. I always have to say blue. It's nice, though. It's relaxing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. blue. Blue's a good color. Uh, after blue, we have Alex AI. Uh, Alex AI has every new episode has been recommending a different thing a oh. different he could because he's a strategy role-playing game enthusiast cool. <laughs> he has a different strategy role-playing game to recommend looking for a game to scratch your final fantasy tactics itch yes try tactics ogre i have and support the allies it's i great. actually have not played tactics what? Ogre. yeah oh. no, i know I, I, i've been I, meaning I've, to I've, forever I've played yeah it partially oh, multiple times dude, never yeah. never let's clean it. together on psp <laughs> yeah i think i played gba version Oh, sure. Yeah, I haven't played no one. It's basically the same game. It's just, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, I've heard Let Us Clean Together is an excellent game. And like I said, I've been meaning to play one it day. forever. Uh, we actually have, which is exciting, a new sponsor for Frame Trap. Ooh. Yeah. Um, let me just make sure. This, this is just hot off the presses coming right in. Let me make sure I'm getting the right stuff here. Uh, yeah, okay, we are, we're actually promoting a web show on YouTube called Taily Time Classics, and I will have a link in the description uh, if you want to look at that. Looks like the first episode is uh, Hansel and Gretel, Okay. if you want to take a look at that, and I will have a link in the description, uh, and hopefully in future episodes we'll have a bigger bigger better description for Taylor time classics than i have cool. right this second but last and certainly not least we have our mega sponsor jigarbov <laughs> is the mega sponsor for this episode thank you much thank you so much jigarbov uh for your support and now it is time for the bonus otake, the hot and ready edition. Thank you, sponsors. Yeah, thank you so mm -hmm. much, sponsors. <clears throat> All right, so today, thinking about the panel, and I'm going to give us more time than we had before. Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to give us four minutes for this. <laughs> there are two games that are often talk ab talked about when it comes to this genre. There are two games that, that make up the Metroidvania name. Oh. Okay. And I want you to pick... Which one is the better game, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, or Super Metroid? A hard decision, a very hard decision, two excellent games that I think all of us love quite a bit. I am going to help guide us as much as is necessary, but I'm going to stay out of it. I'm going to leave the final decision to you two, and the time starts now. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm clearly the... The Super Metroid side of the spectrum. Uh, clearly, the Super. Why are you clearly the Super Metroid side of the spectrum? Uh, I mean, it's been my go-to whenever anyone asks me about what what my favorite game is or whatever. Uh, so, even though like I've I've just stopped analyzing. I'm just like that. It's, it's Super Metroid. That's it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go with that. Uh, I I feel like it has a really great. Uh, flow through the whole world. I think mm -hmm. that you know the 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 bosses are really uh, great and interesting. Uh, like all of the 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 power ups that they have and they've introduced, and then all of the just kind of just crazy secret ways, secret techniques, and things that you can do. And and the fact that you know some of the things that 
you you learn by seeing what's happening in the game. It's like that's been there the whole time. You you could have, you could have done that. You could have used that in in other parts of the game before this, uh, if you had known it was there. Sure. Um, and uh, and yeah, I I think that the the art is all phenomenal. The music is all excellent. It, it's it really it's it's and and it's a game that you can you can experience like all of its highs. Uh, in, in a pretty quick manner, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and really just feel like you you walked away from something really epic. Yeah. Damn. Uh, I slightly prefer Castlevania. Okay. Just because We've like Metroid. Two and a half minutes. Bow down to Super Metroid. Yeah. The only thing I I prefer the aesthetic of, uh, of Castlevania the most. Like that's mm-hmm. a Brad Jam haunted castle kind of thing going on. I love the. Uh, the, the equipment you get, like, leveling up. I love all the forms you get, like, the fog and the bat and the wolf, all the powers you get, like, the demons you have with you. I love just, like, the the music is also excellent. It has the, the castle flip moment, which I really love and blew my mind the first time I played through that. But, dude, it's, Metroid's pretty good, man. Mm. I don't know. Uh, One of the things that really got me about Super Metroid, when I particularly when I first played it, is just the attention to detail that they did into like setting up going back to this world mm-hmm. that the the first thing when the well not the first thing but one of the first areas that you see is just the aftermath of that explosion of the escape sequence from the first game mm-hmm. and and you go down that tunnel that was so <sighs> stressful to jump up and then you come through the remains of the the mother brain casing and and all of that and it's just and it's just so dead it's so very very dead and you go a little further into these tunnels and you refine the morph ball and all of a sudden boom! like oh crap what just happened and when you go up that elevator you see these faces just turn in on you and it just, it just does such a great job of like giving you that creepy vibe even though like castlevania is this horror aesthetic? I don't know that I ever got scared no, in not, Castlevania. It's not spooky kind of thing yeah. like that, I guess. There's like weird, like kind of like creepy parts, I guess, but I was never like terrified or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not really terrified in Super Metroid. Either, oh, I know. Oh, but I there know. are, you know, there are like those moments, like the Crocomire, where it just like comes back at you, and you're like, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I mean, I've, I the thing I love about Metroid is the feeling of nailing the ice. Twenty seconds. We have to make it. Super Metroid. Super Metroid. <laughs> yeah. So, Brad, you are, despite preferring something that you were willing to concede, oh, yeah. Yeah, Super yeah, Metroid. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I had both of them to play right now, I'd probably pick Symphony of the Night, but I love Super Metroid. Interesting. I wonder if our audience will agree with this decision. It's a tough call, man. They're, like, similar, obviously, but they're very different to me also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think just equipment makes a huge, yeah. huge, huge, huge difference. I, need a, I have a question. Yeah. What was the Zelda pick? Uh, who was on it and who picked? So we, it was we me had and Kyle and Ben. We what had games? five. We didn't put Breath of the Wild on there. Too new. Okay. Uh, but we had Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, Majora's Mask, and Ocarina. Right. And I believe, counting up, that was the order. I might be wrong on that. I have to look. But yeah. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Wind Waker was last, which. Some people like, some people hate it. I yes. am not on board with that decision at all. Sure, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think it was Wind Waker. 
I think if Kyle wasn't there, Skyward I probably Sword. would have put Skyward Sword under Wind Waker. But with Kyle there in 90 seconds, I was like, no, there's no way. Yeah. Like, you had to Wind Waker at the bottom right now. And, and <laughs> Wind Waker, I believe it was Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, Majora, Majora. Ocarina. I okay. think. Okay. I mean, that may not be right. But yeah, Wind Waker at the bottom was the most hard. As long as Twilight me. Princess wasn't last, I was happy. That was interesting. I tried to make it so there's like a little bit of agony or contentiousness. I had but a, Blood yeah, is just I had, like. I had a boost for Twilight Hell Princess. Hell yeah, Blood. Sure, yeah. He knows, dude. Blood is just like, no, I believe in Super Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> Here's why it's amazing. Brad's like, yeah, you know what? It is amazing. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I have a review going up of this, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but I did end up finishing. Uh, Torna, Torna, the the Xenoblade standalone right. <laughs> DLC standalone release thing, and uh, yeah, I, I I spoke, I think ultimately very highly of it last time, and I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just the combat really is a big evolution. I think not having to like I didn't I didn't hate it by any means, but not having to deal with like constantly opening up blades and and. And dealing with that and just dealing with a large collection, it's just streamlined in a way. Where no just, gotcha system, right? Yeah, there's no gotcha Thank system. God. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to express. Because when you take that away, you realize, like, oh, man, like, there's already way more than enough to or deal with in Xenoblade Chronicles yeah. 2. Like, you've got the cord chips. You've got all your accessories. You've got the affinity charts. Like, there's enough. You don't need this huge uh, gotcha system on top of it. And, man, right. like, I... I said this last time, but I'm even more resolute in my opinion on this. Like, the music is fantastic. Sure. Nice. Like, maybe my favorite of the year. Like, Whoa. it is so good. Like, just just go listen to that battle theme. It's uh, fantastic. Ben, I have a question. Uh-huh. Having an idea of where the story is going to go since I played two. Yeah. D- is it great? Do you feel like they do a good job with the story? Um, the way that I answer that, I mean, like, you you know what's going to happen if right. you play through Xenoblade 2. I, I, but I think they... The story knows that yeah. and presents itself that way. It's it's not trying to do these constant huge revelations or twists or or, or anything like that. It's just kind of a, a filling in where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, these people are important. We know that you know that they're important. Spend some time with them. Um, and I, I go into this in a review, but that's, that's kind of what Xenoblade does where it's like, just get to know these people, hang out with them, you know, go to the camp and, and hear their conversations. And so I think from that perspective, like, I, I feel like some of these characters were just not a whole lot more than names or people saying like, hey, these people are really important. It's nice actually getting to see them interact on on mm-hmm. their adventure, yeah, just seeing totally. the conversations that they get into. And so I think it's valuable um, from that perspective. Uh my the thing that I am frustrated with with Torna is it feels like it kind of had an opportunity to be like this super tight thing, and it just makes these choices where it's not that. Oh, um, at the very end, so <clears throat> you have this community, and you primarily evolve this community by completing side quests. Uh, you can just talk to people and get them added to your community. But at the very, very, very end of this release, it's like, hey, in order to finish the story, why don't you beef up your community? And that means doing a bunch of side quests, which at that point I had already done most of the side quests anyway, so it wasn't a huge deal. But it still felt really weird mm-hmm. where it was like, 
why are you making this wall happen right at the end? Like, I just want to see the story be finished. And the side quests, a lot of the side quests, like the tasks that you're doing aren't that incredible. Like they're, it's like, go kill these things or collect this stuff or make this thing. It's, it's what you would expect, but the stories are charming and they don't go on too long. They're, they're totally serviceable to good side quests. It's just for me, when you, when you, force it and you drag it out when you don't need to Mm -hmm. it just just like padding yeah and Mm -hmm. i also say this in the review where the the conclusion is like pretty spectacular like the final battle is pretty spectacular and totally worth seeing and so that kind of makes up for it a little bit but it's just like xenoblade choosing to put in padding where it so egregiously doesn't need it and it's so frustrating and i feel like um this is a series that it almost sounds like a contradiction where a lot of what you praise is just kind of getting lost in the world and and going down the rabbit hole and and losing time to just exploration or doing a bunch of side quests but at the same time i also feel like this is a series that could maybe stand to trim the fat a little bit where like, yeah, you put a lot of great stuff in here, but when it comes to presenting your story, I think your, your pacing just, you lose your own momentum in ways that you don't need to. And so that was, that was a frustration for me. Again, it's like when I think of this release, that's the one thing that really sticks out to me. Mm. And again, just my own personal experience, it wasn't a huge hurdle since I already done a lot of the work ahead of time. And I think a lot of people will will treat it like that. Um, and everything else I pretty much liked where I like, I think if you care about Xenoblade Chronicles two, this is totally worth paying. This is totally worth spending the money on and, and seeing like it is, it is more than good enough for that. This was just the one thing. So they got rid of really stuck out. two things I hated then the yeah. gotcha system yeah, and like the, the roadblocks of needing a certain skill to pass through an area. Um, there's no, I don't believe there's any point in the story where it was like, I don't have the skills that I need to get through this, but there are like treasures that you can dig up or certain like hidden pathways right. where you, but you'll have the blades that you need. You may have to level up. That those was the thing with two skills. Yeah. It's like here, you're at this roadblock. Yeah. Oh, you don't have, I don't have any blade with that ability. No. So I you'll, hope you'll I get have one. the, you'll have the blades that you need and it's like, okay, I only have level two. Of okay. This skill. That's much I better. need level three. I need to do this. Okay, well, at least yeah. you know what to do. Yeah, and some people may not like it, but with the, the affinity chart, especially since you already have the blades that you need, mm-hmm. I think it does a, a pretty good job of, of being like, okay, well, hey, why don't you go craft this thing or why don't you use this specific combat skill? It, again, it gets you to think a little bit about all of the things that uh, – it has present. Some of them are a little dumb where it's like, just get a bunch of money, dude, or <laughs> swim a bunch. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, it's not that bad, but uh, yeah, some are definitely better and, and more right. fun to achieve than others, I think. Um, time frame? How long this is? Yeah, so I think I finished it in just under 20 hours. And oh, like, okay. for nice. as much as I'm criticizing okay. the pacing, I do feel like... It was the right amount of time. Right. Okay, that's uh, good. I remember two being very long. Yeah, and I think the reason why I'm bringing this up is, and, and why I'm emphasizing it so heavily, is like the first like 70% of this, roughly speaking, 
especially the beginning is like very well paced and like you're getting new stuff all the time and it's just like yes 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 and you just kind of get wrapped up in it uh in a really really good way and so yeah it is your your characters advance very quickly uh you get new stuff very quickly all of that is nice cool so sweet yeah i really liked it um I don't know if I'm willing to go. It's been a while since I've been with the the core Xenoblade Two cast, but I think I might I might prefer the cast in Torna. Okay. Like I think I might prefer their chemistry with each other. Again, I would have to revisit Xenoblade Chronicles Two to to make that evaluation. But again, I think it kind of speaks to the relationship that these characters have and and the conversations that they get into. That I'm even like deliberating on that. So yeah, I think. Very strong overall. Just that one thing like drove me insane. Cool. So, yeah. Do you think you're gonna play it, Brad? <laughs> I want to. You want like, to? <laughs> who 20, knows what I'll get a, to? You, That's like a 2019 joint. Yeah, Brad has been saying this a lot recently with sure. with games that have been coming out. It's like, oh, that's that's gonna be 2019. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, right I, now, I want to play it. Yeah, play I want to play it too. And I did play it. Yeah, he did. That was the dumbest thing. I did play it. I he did. all of it. Right now, what's not going to be 2019, what's going to be at 5.55 on a Friday is the Hotake. Oh, my God. Whew. Man, I was trying to have that be way smoother than it ended up being. I feel like I haven't had a super smooth Hotake in a while. <laughs> Got to work on it. It happens more naturally sometimes than others. It's a, it's a spur of the moment thing. <laughs> but I like... This Hotaki. This is a conversation that I believe we've talked about before, uh, but it is very relevant to right now because there are two games kind of coming out that it applies to, and it is about early access Ultimate Editions. Okay. Okay. And so. Oh gosh, yes. Forza Horizon Four. Yeah. Okay. You can pay ninety nine ninety nine, uh, and get access to it on September twenty eighth, or you can wait for the normal release on October 2nd. That's a four-day yeah. difference. Uh, and and I, I should also point out that uh, has kind of been sort of historically with the series. They That's the the ultimate edition is the one that they give for reviews as well. Mm. So yeah. all of that extra stuff. I mean, it's, it's definitely convenient for stuff like the, like including the season pass. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the cars, extra cars or whatever I can ignore because I already have too many cars to begin with. The one part about it that, that bugs me a little bit is that uh, the VIP pass gives players uh, double credits. Hmm. So you're c- making twice as much money as you play the game constantly. Just for spending more money. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get into it. I want to... You also get a 5 million credit house for free. It is good to bring up that, it, that these editions are obviously giving you more than just early access. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey Gold Edition, also ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, the normal release is October 5th. You can get early access to it on October 2nd if you pay the money. That's a three-day window. Uh, wow. And, yeah, I, I have certain things that I want to bring up with this, but, but how do you feel in a very general sense of this being early access being offered at a higher price at all with games is that something that you think is okay i think it's just weird because they don't treat it like early access a lot of times like tomb raider it was super weird like the the day early access went up for tomb raider i get this email i was like 
pre-order now and you mm-hmm. can get early access and like is that a pre-order what what are you even talking like you're just selling the game right mm-hmm. now. like i don't understand what are you even doing you know it, it's and it, and it does feel i mean the, the thing is is like in a way like i don't I don't mind other people being there for Forza. It's it's helpful because I like okay, I can actually start <laughs> seeing this game with like yeah. real people in it before it goes completely public. But uh, it it feels a little bit like yeah, like you're there's a little bit of like that predatory thing of like well, the people that want it the most, they're they're gonna hey. pay double so that they can get it in early, even if they don't care about any of that other stuff. They just want to play the game right now, mm-hmm. um, and. Four or five days, that's a lot of time. What's your take on it, Brad? Kind of with blood. Like, it feels weird to me, like, just kind of doing that. But it, if people want to pay that, who am I to stop them from mm-hmm. paying that, you know? Like, I don't think I would do that with anything. It feels like, it does kind of feel like the developer taking advantage of people, but, I mean, if they want it. But it's people, that's people putting screenshots on Twitter with yep. spoilers yeah, that you don't just, want. Yeah, you I mean, bring up one of the mind. things that I want yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that's yeah, a whole different can of worms. Yeah, that's so a problem, everyone's I think. having this conversation, and you're not. You know, yeah. you got the FOMO happening because you didn't pay enough money. Yeah, right. And and that's that's like the biggest thing that I want to bring up is I think there's a lot of excitement and joy if you really care about a game or a series, like you want to be there as quickly as you reasonably can to to be online, talking with people, sharing this with your friends, and it's like weird. <laughs> Where it's like, oh man, this cool thing happened. Can't wait until you see it in, in three or four days. Like that that just creates this divide. And in the age of social media, exactly as you said, Bloodworth, you have people posting things. And so now your decision is not necessarily only based on, hey, I'm really excited for this thing. I'm, I'm willing to spend the extra money. It's like, man, I just don't want it to be spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> I care about this story. I mean, yeah. Tomb Raider, Spider-Man, like, those are games, you you, f- you could finish that before the release date. Yeah. Comes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> it it's weird, Ben, because it makes me feel like my $60 isn't good enough for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I would feel gypped, kind of, thing like that. Yeah. Just like, me sixty dollars, man. Like, does it really need to be forty dollars more for like three days early? Mm-hmm. Seems a little outrageous to me. Well, and it's not. It's a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's a hundred dollars. It's a hundred bones. It's not like this easy to. And you know, ten dollars is different to everybody else. But imagine right. it being like seventy dollars and being like, well, okay, I'm I'm willing to do that. It's like. $40 more so I can play it early and potentially not be spoiled. That's that's a huge decision, and I think... That's another game. That's another game. Yeah. That's like, another game. Yeah, it's like... That's a couple more like, little what games. What happens when it's going to be like a really intense, story-focused game? Mm-hmm. Like, what if The Last of Us 2 just does that? Right. And th- the game's just ruined before it's even out for like everyone else. Right. But at the same time, I, I, I feel like with some of those games... Those publishers aren't going to do that. Right. I'm curious who will draw the line and where. Where, yeah. Uh, because, you know, like God of War, they were super protective about spoilers. Yeah. They want yeah, everyone yeah. to have it at the same time. Spider-Man <laughs> is super protective about spoilers. Persona 5, a little too protective yeah, of spoilers. Too protective yeah. about. And, and so I, I feel like there are definitely some 
developers and some publishers are going to say, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. This yeah. isn't the game for that. Like, this is too important. We've been working on this too hard. But, you know, Tomb Raider, they didn't care. But at the same time, I, don't, I haven't heard anyone, like, care about any kind of yeah. big spoiler moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but at Square Enix... Do we foresee? Have we heard anything about like Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, 3 if you did like Kingdom Hearts three, dude. Like, what? Why? Don't do that. I understand that this is like not not a real problem. This isn't something that's going to keep you up at night. But right. I just feel like buying games has already become a pain. Where it's like <laughs> you have to decide platform and well should i wait because there's going to be a bunch of problems at launch mm-hmm. or do i want the early access version or do i want the season pass to go along with it and now it's like well do i want to play it four days early it's just like there's so many steps now when it comes to buying any you know given game that this is just one extra layer that kind of makes the whole process not fun and i it has becoming I feel like it, this thing has become more and more common. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not happening with everything, but like imagine it happening with with almost every big game. Uh, and oh, and on my choose... side, on my side, it's a huge pain in the butt because I just like what like I don't know what the real release date is sometimes. Yeah. yeah, like I make a schedule and like, oh wait, that game comes out four days earlier for early people. I like okay, I got like I gotta like start making sure we get this and. Like in the works, it's a, yeah. Uh, you don't you don't know what an actual release date is because, like I said, with Tomb Raider, like it might as well have been the early access yeah. date. Yeah, might as well have been. Because I don't think with Tomb Raider, I don't think you had to do anything but pre-order. I think it was. Was it? I think I it was can't remember something weird like that. Like it that really, seems too nice. Right. Um, I do think we need to in these conversations decide if. This is just an annoying trend that we don't like versus this could be actually harmful. Do we think this is at, this is serious enough that it could actually be harmful? At the at the moment to me it's an annoying trend. I don't see it until there's like something I see where I'm like my god. Mm-hmm. Cuz like it's Assassin's Creed, I don't really care that much about the story. It's Forza, I don't really care. It's a racing game whatever. It doesn't affect me that much and Tomb Raider it's like super high stakes thing for me, man. It might be pretty annoying. Where I mean, beyond just like things that games that you might be more invested in personally, mm-hmm. beyond that, do you think there's like a cost line for you? Is is a hundred fifty dollars too much for early access? Two hundred dollars too much yes. for early access? Is is a number? Uh, is a gap between early access and normal release? Uh, well, too I think hundred's way too much. Sure. I mean, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure you get other stuff with it. It's like the you DLC. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So totally. you get all that. Yeah. But like, can you imagine just paying forty dollars just for the extra time, mm-hmm. just for the extra days? Like, that's nuts. I mean, a lot of people I think are doing it for. Yeah. Oh, of course. The, the, well, some people are like, I'm locked into this game. I know I, I love this game or whatever like that. They have no problem doing with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I could just imagine myself when I was younger when I would buy a game. And, like, knowing, like, let's say when I was waiting for Kingdom Hearts 2 to come out. Yeah. Like, what I was when I was a young boy. 18. Or something like that. Anyways. Just knowing that, like, if you pay $40 more or $50 more, then you could get it a few days early. And when the money was a little tighter for me when I was younger, when I couldn't afford every game I wanted to get, or, like, I had to pick, I had to, like, really pick and choose games, I'd just be, I'd be pretty bummed out if a bunch of people were already playing it, but just because I couldn't afford to pay 
a premium. Right. More yeah. of a premium. Something like that. Uh, I feel like the a lot of the controversy surrounding DLC and, and especially season passes is the idea that you're paying for something that you don't potentially know how it's going to be or yep. paying for something mm-hmm. where it feels like it could have been part of the main game. I don't think anybody really has that much of a problem for paying for additional quality content that's coming after a very complete feeling game. I don't think anybody really has too much of a problem with that. But now we're talking about something that isn't even content. Mm-hmm. It's not... We, we can't even decide the quality of it. It's just you get it early. And to me, just moving that timeline forward feels gross. It feels manipulative. It feels like the only reason people are getting away from it is that sense of, of anxiety or sense of excitement. And to me, that is like psychologically manipulative in a really gross way. It's not, hey, do you like this thing and you want more? It's like, don't miss out, man. Uh, <laughs> and that is just so much more nefarious because like, I, I don't oh. know. I'm thinking of just like get uh, episodes of Game of Thrones four days early. Right, that would ruin that would the suck. whole. Like it already <laughs> sucks like if when see, if you're not watching it live immediately, you're right. already dead. Right, yeah. it's, it's over. Right, and I feel like in a way this keeps happening because of the age we live in. Mm-hmm. Whereas, it, like, were social media not a thing, I don't even know if this would come up as an idea. You're right. Hmm. Obviously, I can't prove that, but <laughs> just uh, just a theory. Yeah, man. It's a slippery slope, it feels like, right now. Right, because in a way... I mean, it's, I, I guess it could backfire a little bit, but in a way, it kind of plays into the hype machine a lot because, well, if all these people that are already super excited about this game get it early and they're all talking about it well then like ah i want i want to get it and and so either you are more likely to jump into that game day one or you're more likely to like i'm just gonna break down and buy it now yeah yeah i'm gonna pay the 40 bucks now do you think this is something that needs to stop uh i mean i definitely think it's something that needs to like I, i said be done in the right right context uh at the very least you know that we're not we're not getting this in in games that are going to be super story focused um i'm not even worried just about the story focus imagine this happening for a fighting game right oh people yeah people getting an advantage because they've gotten more time to practice right or or even a a shooter that you care about like any competitive competitive. it doesn't have to be a fighter it's just it's it's one of those things I think where, regardless of how big of a deal it actually ends up being, I feel like it kind of dirties the water just psychologically. Mm-hmm. Where like, you already feel like you've lost or you've missed out or something happened. Even if you can't prove that, even if you don't have the experience to to back it up, you just kind of feel it. It's like it's like this stink that you can't get off, and I, it's it's frustrating and it's coloring the experience in a way that has nothing to do with the actual game. Wasn't, didn't this happen to Battlefront 2? It came out early, and everyone was OP I don't know. when it started. I think that's what happened. Like People just had like the best like grenades already. Battlefront 2 was such a trash fire that yes, it's hard. It was. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Like, 
Yeah, I'm trying to look into the ashes and see. Yeah. I would like this to stop. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, self-correcting thing that would happen if too many people were doing it. But, I mean, we've seen all of the giant statues and stuff for games that don't deserve them. Mm -hmm. This is definitely cheaper than a giant statue that you've got to figure out what to do with (laughs) if nobody's bought it. Right. I mean, yeah, this this is something where I would really like to hear from the audience. Yeah. Obviously, you can do it in YouTube comments, mm-hmm. but I think emailing us at askeasyalice at gmail.com because really, at the I end do of the think day... It's a, I do think it's a topic that I haven't seen people right. crying about. Right, I don't, exactly. I don't know what the actual opinion is for the most people. For as upset as I am about it and for everything that we've said about it collectively, I have not truly seen a lot of outrage and maybe i'm not just looking in the right places because i think at the end of the day really what matters is what people are willing to pay for and if collectively people are okay with this they're willing to pay for this it's not hurting their experience it's in fact enhancing their experience then whatever i can be upset as i want to about it but the more it's one of those topics where the more i think about it the grosser it seems and it's it's a topic that I think is still in its infancy, and you could just see going bad. Like, you can see the example where everything just kind of falls over. And so, yeah, I would like to, to hear from people and, and to see what they say. What are you like, thinking about? Like, what if it just gets to a point where you pay $200 and you get it a month early? Yeah. Like, how crazy would that <laughs> or, be? Or you have tears where yeah. it's like, pay $1,000, get a year early. Obviously, that's completely ridiculous, but it's like, <laughs> how does your brain not start thinking through these hypothetical yeah. situations? Where is the line? Uh, I don't know. It's crazy, man. It just, like, I get it, man. I get people have to make money. I yeah. get people have to monetize. It just... It just sucks when it's just, it feels like they're so obviously trying to suck every dime out of your enthusiasm that they possibly can. It's just shitty. And (laughs) I'm okay with with DLC when done correctly. Sure. I'm okay with free-to-play when done correctly. I think there have been enough positive examples and enough pushback when things go bad. I just don't want this to be... The next thing. The next thing. Yeah. That's all. Are we ready for some emails? Yes. Mm-hmm. This might be the shortest frame trap we've had maybe ever. Keep it or tight. at least in a very long time. And concise. Yeah, we're still, under, still under two hours at the email section. Doesn't usually happen. Let me pull up the emails here. Sorry. Power outages. <laughs> yeah. Doing our best. <laughs> uh... Is there a game that you would be willing to play four days early at $200? Like Kingdom Hearts 3, Brad. 200 clams? 200 clams, four days early. Dude, I don't, I don't know. I, don't I better get some sweet-ass stuff if I pay that much, too. I need more than that. Like, I better get Namor coming to my house, handing me my copy uh, or something uh, like that. I need a little more than just that. Like, if you buy, like, a crazy special edition, like, that's fine. Whatever. But just the game and paying 140 extra just for the game. The other thing with time is you never know exactly what's going to happen, right? So mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You get Let, the game and then you, you can't you play get the game and then yeah. life happens and you lose that four days or three days or whatever early access period it is. And it's like, well, I just like, yeah, you get other stuff. But the reason I bought it has evaporated. Our first email, uh, by the way, if you want to say I, I don't do a good enough job of promoting where you can send in emails, you can send in emails at askeasyallies at gmail.com. Again, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. First one comes in from Calvin. I really like this a lot. He says, hey guys, I finished Skyward Sword mm-hmm. the first time last year, and in my personal opinion, it was amazing. You are correct. Uh, my favorite in the series for many reasons. One of the reasons was the motion controls. It was just a whole lot of fun. Now, I miss motion controls <laughs> and want to jump into some good games on Wii that will use it. What are some games that you guys think worked really well with motion controls? And if you want to be Ooh. a little devilish, what are some games that did not work very well with Wii motion controls? I remember playing Zack and Wiki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the first controls. one that came to my mind, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yes, and I liked it because it's like an good adventure pick, game. Po- pointing around, doing stuff with the motion. Worked for there. Ooh. Yeah, it's tough because like I definitely had these in my brain at some point. Um, I was always impressed with how natural Metroid Prime 3 felt mm. with the pointer. Oh, sure. Because so many shooters tried to do that and either didn't, didn't or like they took a long time to dial it in or you had to like figure out like what is your preferred dead zone and all this stuff. Like Metroid Prime Three, you just you just get in and you play it, and it feels like it works, and it was great. And 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 there, you know, there any motion controls are going to have some finicky stuff, uh, particularly with that first wave of that technology. Uh, but it 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 honestly like felt like it was justified in that that game. Oh, like any of the Wii Sports games were fun yeah. with motion yeah. control. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like Wii Sports Resort. Like I really was super impressed with how. So many things controlled in Wii, Wii Sports Resort, and I feel like that game did, just did not get the love that I was expecting to get. Like, I, yeah. I didn't play it because it came with the plus, but, right? But I did play it. Yeah, I did. It was like the kind of the introduction to the motion plus. Oh, uh, that was fantastic. Red Steel Two. Oh, I was I never to play. Played it. Yeah, I was one of that play game. It it's funny because it it. It does great motion controls at like the expense of everything else. <laughs> this world feels super empty. Sure. Uh, but man, like the sword fighting feels really, really good. I really like the beam katana in I was no thinking more heroes. Of, yeah, I was thinking yeah. of the like, shake it to light it up or something. Yeah, yeah charging it up. Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. Um, not a game, but I really liked shopping or. Navigating oh, navigating menus, menus yeah with like just yeah. typing in things was was yeah. really the pointer, easy the pointer control the pointer. i think and, and that's what's weird is like that was the thing that was lost in skyward sword they pointing moved, at stuff yeah they they moved to using the motion plus to point and i understand that yeah in some environments like the sensor bar just doesn't read well because you've got blinds behind or whatever yeah but i always felt like that that pointer control was really underrated uh, when you when you had the sensor bar in the right environment, it just was solid. Oh man, in Twilight Princess with the bow with that thing, it ruled. Yeah, I loved that. And and it was one it's one of the things that I I still don't think the PlayStation Move holds <laughs> up in terms of like pointing at the screen. Sure, yeah. And and having like a really uh, tight aim with that thing, yeah. 
Using batteries, though, yeah, for Wii remotes was a pain. Xbox like were, One uses batteries. I know, I know. Uh, but yeah. I think just <laughs> w- with the Xbox One, and th- this is just me, I'm just playing by myself most of the time or playing with other people online. Oh, sure. With the Wii, it was like getting four Wii remotes, being like, okay, two of them don't have batteries. Just I that experience, yeah. I feel like, happened multiple times. Uh, and it did into this question... Not that motion controls still don't exist. They do, of course, obviously. But uh, I feel like the push for motion controls yeah. is, is yeah, not yeah, the yeah. same that it once was. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, it's mostly VR. Yeah. Do Oculus you, Touch. Do you miss that? Do you, do you think there's still space where they, they could be really effective or fun? In VR games, I think they're fun. It makes sense in VR. I still don't feel like I have played the motion control Star Wars experience that that right. I wanted. Oh, the, yeah. They're supposed to be working on one, right? The Vader yeah. one that uh, Ninja Theory apparently yeah. is helping with. Uh, hey, all right. Yeah. Uh, I'm. They, they they brought that up again. Mm-hmm. It's like, here you lightsabers. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. We've had the lightsaber promise for a while. Let's get I it right. I don't think you can just Let's get say right. that. Like, yeah. <laughs> when you get somebody that you know, finishes that whole experience and then comes out and tells me the lightsabers are amazing. Like Job cool. Simulator. I love the motion controls in that. Yeah. You're picking up stuff and moving yeah. around. It's great. It's just like your arms. Yeah. I think the the thing that was frustrating about motion controls is like, not that people didn't like them. It just kind of became the sensation of this is being forced in here or this is being added when it doesn't need to be like, don't yeah. take away what is already working so well just to do it. I uh, think one uh, of the issues there too is, um, because of the weird shape and configuration of the Wii remote or really pretty much any motion controller is that developers are just like, well, we don't have enough buttons or the buttons are placed strangely. Yeah. So I uh, just make them shake. That'll work. Right. Yeah, Castlevania Judgment, Wii fighting game. Hmm. Probably not the best. We haven't done a group stream of that. I wanted to, but you guys shut it down. Did we? Yeah, I have it. You actually are into that? I own it. You're into that? No, it sucks, but it'd be fun to (laughs) play. It's Castlevania. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be fun for like 30 minutes. Well, art, I couldn't stand that art. As of this moment, Brad, I'm on your side. of those characters. Like, it's it's like a weird spinoff game. Hey, man, we're getting... Yeah. What was Sipping cool? Night, Rondo Blood, October twenty sixth. Yeah. I don't know how many other people are into these, but I really enjoyed Umbrella Chronicles. Dude, I played those with Huber, and it was so. I fun. have not played either one. The big reason I haven't played either one is I saw screenshots of you being in first person perspective Spider. and Resident Evil Spiders. Yeah, you're and that's just You're toast. Mm-hmm. You're out. Nope. See ya. But but uh, man, someday it, I might get through it. But like, I have them. It was the best like modern interpretation of a light gun game you could ask for. Yep. Because so many of the like, other ones that came out for the Wii and that were re-released arcade games and stuff, you buy them and then you realize, oh, this is an arcade game. It's over in 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing you have to do is like go back for high scores and get a bunch of skins and like, I, this is not really doing it for me. But Umbrella Chronicles, it was like, here's a full-fledged game. Here's all these things where you've got to like, get weak points. Here's a alternate extra levels and stuff that you might not get and secrets and all this stuff and all this story things that mm-hmm. enhance the Filling Resident Evil gaps, lore. Yeah. And um, it just it just felt really good and it was a like beefy game. 
you know what you made me think of that is also underappreciated and I also thought was very good. Dead Space Extraction. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't that good? That I was never played I, it. I, I didn't play the final game, but I previewed it and I heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, I really liked it. I liked the Dead Space universe. House I of the Dead Overkill. House of the Dead Overkill is awesome. vulgar, but yes. still very, very cool. And very funny. <laughs> that game is a riot. Yeah, House of the Dead Overkill is, is good. Man, I missed it. Now that. I want... I miss Dead Space. No, I just want more on-rail shooters that are funny and, and have... Yeah, come on. Come on. Come back, Dead What's Space. What's weird is they've had simple shooter things, a lot of them, too many of them in VR. Yeah. I don't feel like they've had anything that lifts up any of those four games. Hmm. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if this qualifies, but I've heard nothing but great things about Super Hot VR. Oh, yep. No, yeah, you're right. I think it's kind of a different experience. Super Hot's a, 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 its own thing, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, that's think, what, that yeah. was where the hesitation yeah. was. You're thinking of more like Until Dawn, Russia Blood style, right? Mm hmm. Like that like, arcade shooter kind of thing. Our next email <laughs> comes in from Jared. Uh, this is a long one. Hello, Ben and crew. Uh, if you happen to read this email, I want to share with you my thoughts on the Switch and that I've come to the realization that it's not really the console for me. Now that's perfectly fine. Like many people, I was both curious and excited uh, with the unveiling of the Switch. I've been a huge Nintendo fan my whole life, and despite mm. having issues with their past pieces of hardware, I enjoyed them overall and loved the stellar first-party titles. Unfortunately, outside of Mario and Zelda and the lovely Hollow Knight, I've had few reasons to play my Switch. After watching the most recent Nintendo Direct with news of the online service, as well as future announcements for the Switch in 2019, I had an epiphany. The Nintendo Switch is not the console I had hoped for, it's not nearly what I thought it would be, and that's totally okay. My dreams of having a robust virtual console, modern online infrastructure, and more compelling and up-to-date uh, third-party lineup was never what this console was going to be. Perhaps expectations were way too high. Perhaps Nintendo will never adopt what the competition does because they don't see Microsoft and Sony as true competitors. I don't know exactly. On the flip side, my son absolutely loves the Switch and has really adopted it as his own primary PS4. My question for the panel is, what are your own expectations for the Switch moving forward? Have you changed your perception of Nintendo or the Switch a year and a half into its life like I have, or do you think this system has outperformed your own hopes and dreams for what it would be? Um... Virtual console is definitely a gigantic disappointment. Yes. It really sucks one. that I'm going to have to go buy a bunch of SD cards and try to back up the games that you know are on my, my Wii account. Uh, the online thing, just it just... I don't know. It, it, it just feels like a burp in the wind or something. I just don't understand. <laughs> what. A burp in the wind. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I hear often. Uh, but... Other than that, the the criticisms of the lineup I just don't jive with. Like, they're all like pretty much any indie game. It seems like is getting boarded every week. There's another mm -hmm. big pile of games, and, and sure, a lot of them I've played before, but there are a lot of them that I haven't. And it's like, oh, that's on Switch now. Okay, maybe I'll check out that on Switch. There are some others that like rhyme. There's like, okay, huge performance issues, but I feel like I'm hearing less about that happening. Uh, and then you've got, you know, seeing Diablo coming and seeing right. things like Civ, which I would have never expected yeah. coming, and and uh, the Crystal Chronicles coming back. Ooh. So it's it's kind of bad though. It's not, actually from what somebody was saying, like that was an issue with the trailer itself. Oh, okay. They were seeing footage from TGS that looked fine. 
Okay, I say it looks worse than the GameCube version. So, so I want to I want to see that footage. I haven't seen it. Okay, me too. Myself, but it sounds like that somebody just recorded it poorly, which is a big relief because yeah. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I think that one thing is clear is that with the Switch for a change, people are buying third party games, uh, and third parties are starting to come yeah. back to Nintendo slowly but surely and one by one. And so I, I think that's going to make a big difference. And, and I think that there are a lot of games out there that people, you know, like he was saying, it's it's not for him. And, and I think that's maybe where some of this uh, perception comes from because I, I do think Xenoblade 2, huge, great game. Splatoon 2, huge, great game. Right. Uh, and... Uh, and then Mario Tennis, Mario Kart, there's, there's a lot of stuff that has been coming out, I still think, fairly regularly every six weeks or so, Nintendo is putting out something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of, is that for you or not? Maybe it's a re-release, whatever. Um, obviously, I'm only speaking from my perspective here, but it takes, a, just with the nature of our, our jobs, it takes a lot for me to replay a game. Sure, uh, yeah. we, there's just not enough time as much as I would like to at least to, often, to like finish it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I remember when, uh, mass effect and Batman and stuff like that were coming to the Wii U and it's like, no, like, I, who, I can't. But with the switch, a lot of times I'm thinking like, yeah, I well, it's can. cause it actually works being portable. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that yes. is, the, that is the difference is it's like, well, I can ship away at this while I'm waiting for a meeting to start, or I can ship away at this while I'm on a plane, which happens quite a bit. Yeah. And it's like, that is enough for me to rebuy these things and experience them in, in this specific way that no one else is offering. Yeah. Um, it, and that also makes it very good as a second chance system. Where yes. it's like, ah, I've always been willing to play yeah. that. I can ship away at it on the switch. And I think that just again, for me is extremely yeah, me compelling. Too. But uh, yeah, I could totally see his point of like, it's not for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, I mean, and it's, it's okay. Totally fine. Yeah, and it, I think and this it's... is more of a, like, how do you feel about right. it? Right. And I yeah. agree with what Blood said. I think the virtual console stuff is Dude, the it worst. Dude, it kills me. <laughs> yeah. Kills me. Yeah. Like, every, the stars were aligning perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they just screwed it up, man. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, like, as far as first-party exclusives that I think are stellar, the Switch in its short life, has already been crushing. Oh, my God. He had Zelda and Mario in the same year. Mm-hmm. But, but not only that. I mean, like, Splatoon 2. Great. Uh, Smash is coming right around the corner. Yeah. Mario, yeah, yeah. Mario Party, hopefully, be good. Hopefully, please be, be good, good, Mario Party. Mario Party. Come on, please. <laughs> I hope it's good. Like, you got Fire Emblem coming. Yeah, you do. You got, <laughs> you got stuff coming, but... Release a Three Houses demo. You got Bayonetta 3... Supposedly coming someday. Oh yeah, yeah. you do. Metroid Prime it's somewhere out there. Uh, the the funny thing is, I I I put up a quick tweet about this, but the uh, the NES games that come with the online service, even though I'm super annoyed that Virtual Console isn't a thing, it's like, oh these these run really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, really I screwed around a little bit too. Package. Yeah, it's just a pop around. Oh, just, this game. Oh, oh this game. This game. It's like a D-pad, man. So yeah, but yes, I've had a hard time. Just need actually. the D-pad, man. It's like playing without the D-pad sucks, dude. Mm. See, <laughs> I I was actually just gonna say how 
on the 3DS, there would be times where it's like, oh, I need this other thing or this different version of the 3DS in order to make this control somewhat okay. And even with that, <laughs> it was like, no, this I, I, I don't like the way that this 3D game feels. Whereas with the Switch and those Joy-Cons, like, yeah, maybe not the most ideal way for me to play it. Uh, I, I prefer playing with the uh, Pro Controller, but rarely do I feel like I struggle. Um, right. It's like I think with the NES games, there's just such a clear difference with muscle memory or whatever it is that I just feel like I'm, I, Gradius, I just did that that Gradius on the NES stream or whatever that we did a a month or so back, and and then I play it with Joy Cons. I'm like this. I'm I'm sucking right now. This is not working out for me. It's just like a thing of comfort for me too. It just doesn't feel like for some games it's definitely better than others. But if I'm yeah. playing like if I was playing a Castlevania game, I would definitely want. Yeah, the and again, I think that might just be like you said, muscle memory or or your expectation. But even like times I've played Splatoon two in handheld mode, I thought it was yeah. Thought it, I think it, thought it was like okay. for a game like that, it's easier. Yeah, but when I need like when you need the defense precision, sure. like. I wish they just made like a Joy-Con slide with a D-pad yeah. or a pad on it. Yeah, I, I think man, somebody even, has. Even like yeah. Celeste, yeah. I was playing in handheld yeah, mode sure. a lot, and I wasn't. It was okay. Like I sure, yeah, you can totally mind. get used to it. Yeah, but it's not the way I'd want to do it. Sure, I think just for me, I, I guess I was more worried about it than ended up happening. Sure, where totally. where I just kind of got into the zone and, and yeah, I mean, I, played, I think something else to to keep in mind is that I think that a newer game like Celeste is tested and made sure. for that whereas an NES game was made for the NES and there's not too much you're going to be able to do in terms of changing control response yeah yeah it's like you got that certain feel with the d-pad I don't I know love it. if part of this comes from a number of years of like forcing myself to use the 360 d-pad and like eventually oh. like it's bad it's really oh. bad this is not a defense of the 360 d-pad but just overcoming that sure. to a degree. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Because that on PC for certain. Yeah. Or just even certain platformers on the 360. Like, I think I played Super Meat Boy with that D-pad, and you just you just go. What a champ. Or maybe it was the analog stick. I don't remember. I definitely did use the D-pad more than I was expecting to. Hmm. But anyway, our last email comes in from Morgan. Pushing the boundaries of interactivity and single-player games. Hello. Since I played Metal Gear Solid 1 on PS1 many years ago, I've always wanted games to interact with me the way that game did. (laughs) Reading the memory card, uh, shoulder massages with the vibration function, having to look at the back of the the disc case for Meryl's frequency, it was all great. Watching the allies play it at Easy Living was very nostalgic. I thought for sure that as the years went on, other games would follow suit and provide fun and interesting content outside of the this of playing this game however that doesn't feel like the case as many single-player games don't do more than present the game or clumsily break the fourth wall my questions are does the panel have any insight on why this is excuse me does the panel want to point to any examples of good single-player interactivity uh what would the panel's dream single Dream single-player interactivity B. Please they make this as Atlantis as possible. P.S. I will say, though, a recent example of interactivity done well was uh, the end of Nier Automata. I'm not going to actually specify what that is, but yes, hmm. you're correct. Um, 
Yeah. Obviously, you could bring up Eternal Darkness, but that's not a recent example. No, it's not. And it was, uh, in a way, it's almost sort of piggybacking off of Metal Gear ideas, and they just took a mm-hmm. long time to come out. So I think exactly what you're saying might be part of the problem, mm-hmm. where it's not necessarily contextualized as, look at this neat thing this, this game is doing, or like, hey, this is kind of like Metal Gear Solid. Or, or some other game. I'm worried, perhaps, that maybe developers are thinking that their gimmick won't feel original or, mm-hmm. or what they're doing won't feel original. I'm hoping Death Stranding does something like that. Kojima coming back. Like, what if Kojima, like, it reads what you've watched on Netflix or something like that? <laughs> He's like, oh, you've been watching anime. There's probably I, at some, some point, terms of service agreement that doesn't allow that. At some point, Kojima's just going to get access to people's internet oh, service yeah, yeah. histories oh, and, yeah. like, torment you with yeah, them. Yeah. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Um, but speaking of Kojima, something that this email doesn't bring up is PT. The, uh, PT. A very example of that. And what's interesting, like if you compare what Metal Gear Solid did versus what PT did, PT was a consequence of the internet age, right? Where like, yeah, Metal Gear Solid is like, hey man, you like <laughs> Castlevania, cool. PT is like, not even Twitter can figure this out, yeah. man. Um, and I do think that is also part of the problem is that in order to be maybe uh, exciting or novel, you really have to be like confounding. Like you have yeah. to go so far that it's tough to to figure out. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy thing to do. Nope. Uh, yeah. Fez, I think, was one of the ones where some of those puzzles like right. took Fez weeks for example. the internet to sort out. Or, or you know, and you just looked at them and I don't know what what is it. <laughs> And it's kind of hard sometimes to, to sort out which things should I beat my head against the wall for and which things is like, yeah, this is just never, ever going to get solved by one person. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, one of the things I, I wish more people would uh, do with more is, is Rumble. I'm trying to think about who's done Rumble well. And I like the snip in Snipper Clips. Oh, yeah. yeah. That feels yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Rumble is especially hard to do, and I think part of the reason is like you're just your body is just so used to that sensation, your mm-hmm. controller vibrating, mm-hmm. that you almost like I almost tune out Rumble sometimes. Sure. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Specifically when it's happening like every shot, or or when you're driving a car or something, you just don't, you just don't even really feel it anymore. Um, the uh, yeah. the one thing. It still blows my mind is the light bar on the PS4 controller and how people try to use that and can't I can't see it. see it. Can't see it. I'm not gonna buy a new controller so it, that it I can red. sort of see it through the top of it when I'm still not looking at it. It it's it's so funny. Like the the times that you notice it are the worst because it, you're noticing it because you're on somebody's TV that right. just reflects it back at right. you. Uh, I liked this. I don't even think it was that amazing, but I like the idea of like Silent Hill Shattered Memories and the, the PS4 does this too, mm. of your controller talking to you. I feel like yeah. there are, you could narratively do that in a way where it'll surprise you and be cool. Uh, I think more of that would be interesting. But at the same time, this isn't like adding RPG mechanics to a game. If every single game was trying to be crazy and and have these these fourth wall breaking moments that existed outside of the game itself. It wouldn't be special it wouldn't anymore. Be special, yeah. 
I, I think that's what makes something like Fez work is it feels so rare when they do come along mm-hmm. that like, yeah, we love these things, but I don't, I don't want them to happen all the time. I'd yeah, just, I hear you. Just be like, yeah. I hear you. Or I mean, like you're saying with the this, this speaker things, uh, like it was cool that oh, out of your controller? Twilight Princess, you know, had you could the hear sounds. the bow like yeah. move from the. But the Wii speaker. remote just was not up to the, the task. The speaker was not good. Yeah. The horrible like crackling that happened with it. Yeah, it was it was bad. Yep. Bad. Okay. I think that's going to be a frame trap. Cool. Mm. Uh, I want to apologize to to you guys and to the audience uh, real quick. The the sponsorship reading was not up to snuff. I feel like I bungled that a little bit. I thought I was better prepared for that than I actually was, and so that's on me. My bad. But if you would like to send an email in, again, last time, the email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Big thank you uh, to my panelists, Daniel Bloodworth and Bradley Ellis. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next time. 